It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. Father Robert is here with all sorts of cool stuff from CES. Connie Guglielmo, CNET's editor-in-chief, is also back from Vegas. She's got a look at some of the more important uh, things she saw at CES. And then, of course, Paris Martineau from The Information. There's a lot to talk about. Let's get started. Twit is next. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit. This Week in Tech, episode 910 for Sunday, January 15th, 2023. It's a Merkel. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Decisions. Don't let complexity block your company's growth. Decisions no-code, rules-driven process automation software provides every tool you'll need to build custom workflows, empowering you to modernize legacy systems, ensure regulatory compliance, and renew the customer experience. Visit decisions.com slash twit to learn how automating anything can change everything. And by Noom. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom Weight's psychology-based approach. And check out Noom's first-ever book, The Noom Mindset, a deep dive into the psychology of behavior change. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash twit. And by ZipRecruiter. Your company has goals this year. Find the right people to help you achieve them with ZipRecruiter, where four out of five employers get a quality candidate within the first day. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash twin. And by Mint Mobile. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2023, switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. Get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. And get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash twit. It's time for Twit This Week in Tech, the show where we cover the week's tech news. We got a great panel for you, including a bunch of stuff from the Padre Shopping Network. Before I get to that, let's introduce the editor-in-chief of CNET, Connie Guglielmo. It's great to see you again. Thank you for joining us, Connie. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Wonderful to have you. You were at CES and you're still standing. I did not get sick this year. Impressed. It was late this year. It started uh, on Thursday, went through Sunday. But I will get your yes. thoughts. Before that, though, let's say hi to Paris Martineau, who did not go to CES. She is, of course... At the great information. We've been quoting you guys a lot lately. Hi, Paris. We've been doing a lot of great stuff here. Hi. Happy to be here just like the umlaut and Merkel. <laughs> you mean Merkel? Merkel. The drug for drunks? That one? <laughs> yes. It's the <laughs> one, one the drug with the unaccountable umlaut over the M? That one? It's no vowels except for a Y unless M- you count that. Y R K L. Father Robert brought this. Father Robert Balasair, the digital Jesuit, is here. It's great to see you. You were in Vegas as well. I was, and um, it, it was odd because I always come back from CES with something, normally a cold or a flu. Instead, Merkel. I, I had a Merkel. I got a Merkel. And, <laughs> and look at all this. Yep. Look at all and, this. Yeah, I kind of, okay, I have to say this is only the, the big stuff. I left most of it 
back in Las Vegas. So I never, I don't know about you, Connie, I never come back with anything from CES except maybe a stress squeeze doll. I come back with everything. <laughs> How what? You- Leo, that's like the one point of going to CES is right? stuff. You've got. Like, I always come back with a Nikon yeah. bag, the yellow a bag. Nikon bag. Yeah, the yellow Nikon bag. Yeah, I kind of came back. See, I got on the table. There's three laptops, pair of shoes, bunch of socks, a couple hundred dollars worth of SSDs and USBs, a pet vacuum, a really really cool, <laughs> uh, super encrypted drive, some noise canceling headsets, and power products. We're gonna have to figure out. We'll get one every <laughs> ten minutes. This is a sleeping bag. That's right. A minus. It's they call it. I think it's Big Glue. Big glue, big, like like big igloo, big glue. It's it's rated. Down. It uses that aerogel stuff that I've always wanted to play with. It's super light, and it's, it's very ra- light. It's rated for minus forty degrees. Oh, for this size sleeping bag, that's yeah. amazing. It's a mummy bag. So when you take that trip down to, down to Antarctica, that's I'm that's bringing my bag. what is it called? Big glue. <laughs> I think in between each ad read, Leo, you got to just like zip yourself up twenty five percent more. I, By the end, it's just going to be your I'll eyes be sweating bullets. Well, we were t- we were torn between doing that or taking this Merkel, which is designed for people who are about to drink heavily. Yep, yep. And then having a shot every uh, five. It minutes. It keeps your body supposedly keeps your body from absorbing that alcohol, so you can get as torn as you want to without having the hangover. It, it's got. Electrolytes. <laughs> it's what a body needs. Uh, she's uh, she's uh, I- inside the the big glue. If you Who's go to, the if you glue? go to the wide shot. Who's in the big? Oh, sorry. Connie. Oh no, in the big glue. Sorry, Connie. That's going to be really warm, Connie. Is it B I G L O U? It's B I I G L O O. Big glue. Big glue. Big glue. <laughs> All right. Put big glue under the table for. Bit you never you never got the CES swag. I mean that really is part no, of the fun. Seriously, I uh, I would get a lot of press releases. Yeah, no, those go straight. They would the never the give press me releases products. are the opposite of swag. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was talking about this last week when uh, Stacy was on because she was just back from CES. It used to be at CES that in the main lobby there. There'd be a FedEx booth that right. would ship everything back for you. I have a feeling you carried this on. I well. Yes, because so 90% of it, they didn't give it to me because I told them, please just ship it. Oh, so I, they shipped it to you. Well, they, they shipped it to Rome. But these <laughs> I actually wanted to play with while I was in the United States. So I'm Somewhere thinking, the Pope is receiving a, yeah. a VR What's headset. What's this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so half the stuff I sent to the Vatican, yeah. the Pope just takes. Like he's no, got a set come of, on. He's got some VR goggles right now. He's got some great has gaming he, laptops. Has, has the Holy Father, has he ever played any VR games? Oh, he's really big in the COD. <laughs> Call of Duty? <laughs> he, he's just sniping all That's the non-believers. Right. <laughs> yeah. He only uses his knife. He just sneaks up on people. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, he's one of them. He's very skilled. <laughs> it's one of them. Uh, does the Pope have an RTX 4090? Oh, I mean, uh, no, he's got the next version, of course. <laughs> so why shoes? Okay. Those... This is bothering people because there's shoes on our <laughs> table, shoes. but they're clean. They've never been worn. These, yeah, these have never been worn. These are the Kizik's. Now, last year they sent me a pair and I thought this is going to be a joke. I, why are you sending me shoes at a tech conference? But these are the, you can just step into them. And, but they're not slip-on. That's how most shoes work. No, no, but I mean, if you get... That's what I said. I said, I've, I've seen slip-ons before, except these are crazy comfortable. It's, it's almost as if they remold to your, sh- your foot after you put your Do foot in. Do they use aerogel? No, no, but I mean, and they're crazy comfortable. No, thank goodness we have a space program so we could get shoes and big loose. 
because otherwise, what would we do? These are these are so you wear like Birkenstocks. No, I I actually wear a pair of black Kizzics. And oh, really, my cats, my feral cats, have had the entire year to tear them up. The Vatican, and they still look fine. The Vatican. All right. Well, I, the only reason I brought this one up is so I could take this great off, off the table because it's, it's disturbing <laughs> the people. I don't want to bother people. It is pretty upsetting. Connie, you, you CNET uh, normally has a very big presence uh, at CES, a big studio, and you do a lot of live programming and stuff. Not this year, though. No, this year was our first year back um, in person since the pandemic. And like everyone else, we were wanting to see what it was going to be about and if there was going to be the same energy and momentum that you've seen in years past. And so we decided to send a very small crew Um and I would say that was the right call. <laughs> it was a, you know, there were some announcements. And as always, there's crazy stuff that people write about, you know, smart toilets and cars with uh, all kinds of new um, camouflage gear and what have you. But generally speaking, it was a year of people just sort of getting back to it yeah. versus, uh, you know, I think uh, one of these years that it's going to go down in history as a moment that something amazing was introduced. There was no historic moments at CES this year. No, there was some interesting news, but Connie hit it right on the on the head, which was last year, technically CES was back, but no, it was the COVID show. You had booths like uh, LG that just had the, the outline of the booth on the floor. They didn't bring anybody. <laughs> Sony brought no TVs. They just did a car. Right, right. So uh, this year it felt like a CES. It wasn't like the full on CES where you were going to get some amazing announcements, but there were enough vendors there. They had spread into the West hall that it kind of gave you that feeling of, okay, yeah, this is a CES. This, this is like an off year CES, but it's still a CES versus last year, which was proof of concept that we can do this without having a hundred thousand infections. 115,000 people showed up, which yeah. was actually a lot that yep. normal year. Some years ago would have been 180,000. Did it feel crowded Connie or was it kind of, sparse no i mean i think it felt pretty light and i the fact that the two of us didn't get sick yep i don't know that's amazing both of us wearing masks and maybe spraying everyone with antibacterial spray (laughs) but um it it felt it felt like people were curious to see what was going on and i think you know there's pent-up interest in people traveling again and wanting to go to shows but again i don't i don't think there was you know schwarzenegger spoke um what what was arnold there for uh, he was talking about, gosh, I can't even remember. Look, that's not even that the memorable. The very memorable Arnold Schwarzenegger was talking about gerrymandering <laughs> or something. No, he, he uh, was looking at the next generation of um, like quadcopter transportation devices just so he could say, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Sorry. That was Sorry. a long way That was a go. long reach a for long bad, walk. Yeah, long yes. walk. I apologize. That's <laughs> When was the uh, last time you guys remember that CES really wowed you? Yeah, there's or the question. had something that was worth being at. Yeah. Uh, the mean, Walkman I... was pretty awesome. Uh, the so- no, there's a new Walkman. There's a new yeah, Walkman. Right, Sony right, has true. a new Walkman. People on TikTok, the Gen Z is really into Walkman. Right? I don't get that. Don't you have a phone? But it's a Walkman. I mean, they're back yeah. in, they want experiences. So it's a nostalgia? No, it's you, you can do everything it's on your phone, but it isn't it more fun to have dedicated point. devices? It sounds, it sounds like something some twee 20-something in Brooklyn would want. <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry, Paris. <laughs> I don't know I take what you're it talking back. about. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a TV... That attaches, there were a number of wireless TVs 
There was one, and I, I see a CNET story about it, uh, a wireless TV that attaches to the wall with suction cups. What could possibly go wrong? As we all know. <laughs> well, in fact, uh, it turns out if the battery dies, the TV falls off the oh, wall. Good. Good. That's, uh, <laughs> the TV falls off the wall. So I'm not sure I really want this. LG had that TV that I they brought out either last year or the, the year of the pandemic that rolls up and down. So they That's keep beautiful. showing that every year. Yeah. It's $100,000. It is expensive, yeah. They finally are shipping. Yeah, it. that's. Oof. Uh, oh, how about that? The the, uh, the Lightyear car, Buzz Lightyear. It, from it was from a French company. They made a all electric vehicle, super aerodynamic. Uh, it can get forty seven miles just off the charge on the solar panels, the integrated solar panels of the car. And then you have to park it for four days. Well, no. The, so every day, forty seven miles of oh, range, that's and then good. It, you could plug it in for a full range, and it only costs three hundred thousand dollars. <gasps> <laughs> oh, think of, wow. Think it's a bargain. Think of all the money you'll buy, save. Buy two of them. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I have to think that... Uh, so, Connie, you think it will... It's just this is the year after the pandemic and it will come back? Or I'm starting to think, I've been thinking this for some years, that big companies like Sony just say, we don't need this to show new products. We have our own way of doing that with our own line shows or whatever. Well, I mean, certainly you saw that happen during the pandemic. Apple can always have whatever event it wants, and it doesn't need to have it in person to get everyone to pay attention. But I would say, you know, your your question about is CES back and what's the most interesting stuff? CES is about those crazy products that you were talking about. Million dollar flying car, that was another mm-hmm. one. But it's that's not really what I go to the show to see. I go and see what some of the themes are that lots of people are glomming onto. And a couple of years ago... It was voice-activated assistance, right? You had um, Alexa in everything, like light switches and how did that work out? People were laughing about it. But I, you know, I'm happy. Voice that's activation dead. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> this year we saw lots of themes around sustainability. People talking mm-hmm. about using solar and having things not just being made with green tech. That's kind of at the low end. It's but about building some intelligence into these devices so you can see how much energy they use so that you can make a call about whether you want to invest in that device or not. You know, wireless charging, you know, that's always something much, people want as an interest. Yeah, but How, how it, much of that sustainability stuff do you think is just marketing, like jumping on the bandwagon, and how much of it is actually legitimate? My concern is a lot of this stuff at CES will never see the light of day. Well, you're absolutely right. A lot of the stuff we see at CES will never see the light of day. I mean, in Berkeley, California now, the city has uh, asked that all sorts of uh, green technology be built into new construction. So, you know, it's going to be solved. There is some a of these questions. Yeah. Some of these questions about sustainability and green and and, you know, mitigating climate will be mandatory through legislation and so there will be a market of interest there i know people in california are interested in solar i just put in a solar system while there are federal subsidies in right. place and while our local utility pg and e uh it's it's grandfathering in if you do it before april a certain rate reimbursement that will go dramatically down starting in april for those of you who want to follow the public utility commission in california like i do boy i i'm gonna glad really to hear that it. i didn't know that yeah 
They're yeah. gonna, it's going to hurt solar adoption, but you know, there's there's interest in all those things. It's about what consumers want to do, right? It's where they want to spend right. their money. Right. And until that, people, if you ask someone, do you want to make the right choice, and would you spend more on something that is better for the environment? They'll say yeah, but they don't put their dollars. But do behind they? It. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. We haven't seen that yet, to but that could be changing. to some degree. Just like you're going there to put your finger to the wind, that's what manufacturers are doing as well. They're saying, well, what if we what if we made this? What if we made Merkel? <laughs> Would you buy it? And they're and they're getting some gauge of interest before they many of these things before they even get made. What is this? This looks like you bought a magic wand. No, no that was. Wait a minute, don't tell me. Is there something? Yeah. No. You, can I, you figure it out? Can you figure out to, what that is? There's a. There's a. This is a. Looks like a wand. It's metal. It has a uh, grommet at one end and a little plastic thing at the other. I don't pulled, say avocadavra. I pulled. Avra Kedavra. No. You I just po- killed John. Oh, something's wait, coming out. Hold on. Wait. Oh, it's a bottle washer. Uh, kind of. Almost wow. Getting glad, That's getting there. 21st oh, century technology. This is a modern blowpipe for the for the, the <laughs> sanitation-focused uh, uh, pygmy. I mean, you're like it's part this, of the way this there? This has a plastic mouthpiece. So is it a straw? That it's I a carry? straw. Thank you. It's a super high-tech straw. I just put my mouth on it. You might want to watch <laughs> Well, that's what the pipe super cleaner's for. Super high-tech. It's a straw. It's a metal straw. Okay. It <laughs> so came from a sustainability high-tech. booth. But that's sustainability, right? That's what that's all about. That's because what that's we about. were told yep. no plastics mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, water. And Except so. for the one on the uh, mouthpiece, right? right. No, no that, that, that's actually silicon. <laughs> you know, because oh, it's easier to clean. Different. Yeah, that's go. in Merkel. That's... <laughs> That's actually the proper way to to shoot a Merkel pill. You gotta put it at the oh, end of that yeah, straw. Yeah. You know, well, actually, that looks pretty good. <laughs> you need a monocle. Uh, we, you you do, yeah. One can be a. Whenever I'm in town, I use Merkel before I go out and drink. Uh, all right, the other court man about town. Fine, that's uh, that is very. <laughs> Very exciting. I mean, we CES has been over now a week. Um, yep. Paris and I are going. Wow, we really, we really missed it. You Jim could have had it. Just saying, that's very exciting in a dry voice is how I feel about all. of Yeah, CES. that's it. That's it. <laughs> Just absolutely right. no excitement, no levels. You Father know, Robert has a go. bunch of crap in the Padre Shopping Network. <laughs> Show us one thing that we're going to go. Oh, that's pretty good. I would, I would use that. Okay. Oh, well, I gotta, I gotta do this. Okay. This, this is the this is the Iron, Iron Key. Iron, Iron key. key. This is their vault. So the whole idea is, um, it's an encrypted SSD. So it's crazy fast. Two hundred fifty megabytes per second. Either way. Solid state. Drive. Solid state it's drive. External. It's a USB C. It's got its own or encryption. Is it Thunderbolt? Engine. Is it Thunderbolt? No, it's USB C. USB C. It's USB C. Okay. It's got its own encryption engine, so that speeds the throughput. But it also has, and this is something that's I'm really geeky about. Uh, do you remember bad USB? Yeah, that was a very nasty uh, infection that you could get right. from going to trade shows. <laughs> no, from from bad people. Actually, who, yes, from that, candy drops. That would be a really good place. So, yeah, uh, bad USB infected the firmware of a USB device. Right, and unfortunately, because and then it would be a bad USB. It'd be a bad USB because be there's, malware, yeah. there's no way to find it. Right, because the firmware is responsible right. for reporting on the health right. of the device. Right. So if someone can install something into the firmware, you could forever have a compromised device. They've included wow. a a uh, piece of hardware. It's hard coded that checks the signature of the firmware every time the device turn, turns on, and nice. it will not allow it to continue if it doesn't hit the check. So kind of like secure boot on a Windows machine or the Chromebook, or- right? 
Right. Wow, that's kind of cool. So, I mean, it's... How much? This is from Kingston. This is from Kingston, and well, they've got 480, they've got 960 gigabyte versions. Um, is I, it much more expensive because of the special... And it's got an LCD screen and everything. Uh, yeah, so this actually, when you power it up, it's got the interface, so you can set a password to encrypt it. You can set guests. I think I saw this in like a James Bond movie. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like right? that. Yeah. But something you would, uh, you, would, uh, you would like, though, the password, you can set it so that the keyboard randomizes. So that someone can't get your password just from looking at where you're pressing. Oh yeah! Instead of one two three four five six seven eight nine, it's one seven three four nine. Exactly, and it just changes yeah, cool. every single yeah, time. That's a good idea. Yeah. And because otherwise, do- you could see the fingerprints right, on right. these things. But you can do per user, so you can you can have the administrative user, and then per users, and once they hit the, a certain number of attempts, it just locks the device. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that that these kinds of things make a lot of sense. That is practical to me because i do travel a lot to places where right our data is in demand what happens when you get to the u.s border and the guy says can you unlock your iron yes you use you use one of the client ids that has just innocuous information Ah, you have plausible deniability functions there's stuff there it's just nothing you want that's really good that's (laughs) smart all right Watch out, customs. I'm coming. I'm a coming for you. <laughs> and if you get this now, we'll give you a free set of steak knives. <laughs> Actually, it ties to a story that uh, I was reading this week. A government watchdog agency was able to crack a federal agency's passwords in minutes as part of their, um, uh, I guess, you know, security pen testing. They hired the Department of Interior. Uh, they hired somebody, the Office of the Inspector General for the Department of Interior hired somebody to test their security. The uh, agency manages the country's federal land, national parks. It has a budget of billions of dollars and uses passwords to protect most of its systems. What a surprise. That's what we do, right? Uh, It has bucked nearly two decades of the government's own cybersecurity guidance, not using two-factor or hardware keys or something like the iron key. So the inspector general... Spent fifteen grand, hired some bad guys who broke in within minutes. <laughs> they built a password cracking rig for fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars. They built their own hardware, a setup of a high performance computer uh, with a computing power designed to take on complex mathematical tasks within ninety minutes. They were able to recover fourteen thousand fourteen thousand employee passwords. About 16% of all department accounts because the passwords were things like, remember, this is the Department of the Interior, National Parks 2014 and Polar Bear 65. <laughs> Shoot, excuse me. i got to go change the password. That's just a tiny bit better than Monkey 1, 2, 3, it's, 4. It's Monkey 1, yeah. 2, 3. Yeah. The watchdog also recovered hundreds, recovered hundreds of accounts belonging to senior government employees and other accounts with elevated security privileges for accessing Sensitive data and systems. 4,200 hashed passwords. Oh, it took them a few weeks. But they were able to, they were able to get in. So that's interesting. This is an interesting way to do pen testing. They, they built their own. The Department of Interior built their own rig. Actually, it was two of them with eight GPUs each. Uh, multi, running multiple open source containers. They can bring uh, up to eight GPUs online, assign them tasks. Um. Benchmarks of 240 giga hashes per second. Mm-hmm. 240 billion hashes per second. It's basically a dictionary attack. Per second. Right. 
Well, and the reason this comes up, of course, obviously, this is a good... I'm glad they pen-tested this. But the reason this comes up is because of the last pass breach. Right. A lot of people are now starting to worry about their password manager and how well secured it is and whether they're using good passwords. You can't trust the hash anymore because what this team did was they actually did field work before they did the attempt where they reverse engineered some common hashes. They like, did a, basically a rainbow table, Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. So they then they can just take that and they compare it against the hashes until they find the matches and they know, okay, this is partly, probably part of that string, this is probably part of that string. Now, it should be said that the ones that were easiest to crack, of course, were the ones that were like, you know, monkey one, two, three. Uh, but the ones that were more sophisticated, they were still able to crack a couple of days and weeks later. Uh, which, again, means for $15,000, you can now build yourself a rig that can get you into pretty much every hash file that you need to get into. The first, uh, Steve Gibson was telling me this, the first thing uh, crackers add to their password hash dictionaries is the top 1,000 yeah. passwords. Yep. And it turned out 5% of all the passwords of the Department of the Interior included some variation of the word password. <laughs> Naturally. No! <laughs> no! Leo, I think we're about to have something warm here. But I, uh, Falcon Heavy, the Space yeah. Force mission is about to, uh, there it goes. Wow, that was good timing. Thank you, Father Robert. Um, this is, this. Yeah, what are they doing? What, this is a, a, a secret mission for the Space Force. A geosynchronous <laughs> orbit satellite to watch over us. So Steve Farrell's going to be in that thing? It's, is that, yeah, Steve Farrell's in there. Closely, uh, Jeff Bezos <laughs> is just tied to the top. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the first. This is the second launch of the Falcon Heavy. We we haven't seen too many of these. Second, right? You this, know why this don't is we the go one back that will bring Artemis ones. to the the moon? No, this is a different one. I think Spaceship. this is delivering a Tesla to the moon. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> what is Elon up to these days? Is he is. I haven't heard from him lately. Is he doing anything? Well, yeah, he's no, flying I mean, from he's San Francisco not to Oakland. Any businesses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was another big story this week. Uh, it's unclear. Whether this was done on purpose or by accident, but according to Aaron Wu writing for the information, uh, Twitter intentionally suspended third-party apps, the API, including TweetBot. Mm -hmm. Thursday night, I started seeing messages all over, especially on our Mastodon account, twit.social, saying, what the heck? My third-party app is just not logging in. Uh, the information, Aaron Wu got uh, internal messages that lead one to believe that this was intentional on Twitter's part. My bot stopped working. Oh, you had a bot? I, I built you a bot. the API. You're right, I used the API. I, I, and some of it I did, just did screen scraping, and it just started freaking out. It, it can no longer do its, its job, so I had to turn it off. Interestingly, hey, but uh, all the bots have been defeated, so you know. Yeah, it's no more bots. Turn off the API. Uh, really smart. Hmm. Uh, Twitterific said it was still working, but the, the uh, but many of the other ones, including a tweet bot, which is very popular, Twitterific, uh, they said that it was working, but then I've seen the information says that it's not. Phoenix for Twitter Echo Phone. Tweet Birdie. delete is down as well. Oh, it's oh, good. I deleted all my one. tweets already. I know it's quite bad. Well, there's a positive side to the story, and, and that's that it seems that Twitter did it on purpose rather than this accidentally well, happening because something they changed. Here's what the information learned: uh, they saw a internal Slack message from a senior software engineer on Thursday night saying, "Quote: 
third-party app and uh, suspensions are intentional. Uh, mm -hmm. Yesterday, the information tried to contact that engineer. He refused comments. The internal messages I'm reading from Wu's uh, story seen by the information also show that Twitter employees have been discussing when the decision would be announced publicly. Well, not yet. <laughs> no one. It's one of those big mysteries. Uh, a Twitter employee. Working I mean, I think part of it is who would be announcing these things. Twitter has a skeleton staff and almost nobody from comms. They have no I comms. Mean, no one from yep. comms is left. No PR, no comms. And HR the, is a skeleton. Apparently the API engineering team is mostly gone as yep. well. Yep. So They were in the first round. Yeah, who would announce this? I don't know. A Twitter employee working on project product uh, partnerships asked on Friday morning when employees could expect a list of approved talking points. You're all in comms now. For questions <laughs> from partners related to third-party clients revoked access. Do you want to talk about how the information gets this information, uh, Paris? Or is that a um, state secret? I mean, I guess it's somewhat a state secret, but it's the same as all, I think, journalism happens. We have reporters who their job is to build up kind of networks of great sources people either inside the company or people familiar with these decisions and uh, they're in constant contact. And so I remember kind of seeing in certain groups with colleagues over the weekend of news breaking internally that this was happening and they turned that into a story. Um, I think especially uh, Aaron Wu, the reporter who uh, did this, has been producing really fantastic work for us on the Twitter beat. Uh, and I think that it's kind of, I mean, a lot of, so many journalists have, because it is such a, I mean, the story is ever-changing, and there are employees constantly on the ins and outs with Twitter leadership that are willing to talk to the press about what's going on. That's basically what's happening there. Yeah. And so you're seeing these Slack messages because they sent you screenshots or... Or the like. Something like that, yeah. Paul Haddad, who uh, write, is, works for TapBots and uh, writes TweetBot, uh, tooted on Mastodon almost 24 hours later. Still no official, unofficial info from inside Twitter. I'm going to continue as, a vis, as if this was all done on purpose. And Paul, now there's evidence it was. Mm -hmm. What now? So uh, TapBots has a Mastodon client, which is in beta right now, called Ivory. Uh, I don't use it, but a lot of people who use it say it's very good. He says, well, we're going to go into hyper mode with just the absolute minimum three to four things that have to be done, finished up, and then off to Apple. Probably going to, in other words, to get an app approval so it can be in the App Store. Probably going to be a bunch of things I'm not super happy with, but I guess we'll fix it in post. Hopefully everyone knows what we're capable of uh, with and can live with some, hopefully not long-lived, Rush, rough edges and missing features. You know, Tweetbot's amazing. Yeah, Ivory will be amazing. But what's what's the long game here? So, I mean, is this just because Musk wants to sell a third-party app? He wants to reduce the amount of expenses for accessing for the API? I mean, what's, what's the cause here? The third-party support for Twitter has been something that really drove the adoption of Twitter. So are we just now saying, well, we're done. We've got all the audience we want, and uh, thank you very much. Well, remember, this is not the first time Twitter did this. They did yeah. it some years ago, and actually, I think Jack Dorsey uh, has later said that was a huge mistake to cut off the uh, third-party API. I suspect it's just as simple as we want you to use our web page and our app. Okay. And if you, uh, the new Twitter, I, we haven't talked about Twitter in some time, so I apologize for people who thought this was an Elon Musk-free zone, but, but <laughs> if, occasionally we kind of have to. We have to mention this. You smell uh, that? That's the musk. <laughs> oh, no. Such an aroma. You've been sprayed. Well, 
Oof. And I don't use Twitter anymore, so uh, I'll defer to the. You're a you're a toot man now. I'm a tutor. We have our yeah. own mastodon since we have for years. Yeah, it's quite nice. And I thought, well, you know, I don't. I can easily leave Twitter without any consequence. Uh, although I have more than half a million followers, some of whom are actually humans. And uh, <laughs> was the breaking point when uh, Musk started calling himself the Chief Twit? That was a big one. Wasn't happy. That's the name I've used. On my socials since 2007, somebody must have told Elon because he stopped pretty quickly. But that didn't mean that, uh, that he wasn't, he isn't still being called that by mainstream media. So he changed, it looks like at the top of the tw Twitter now, used to be you could go chronological mm -hmm. or uh, latest. No, or uh, home. Did they change which that? Which was, oh yeah, there's no more, there, that little twinkly button is gone. Oh no. You now have very TikTok-like for you. And following. Um, and I mean, I don't know about if either of you guys um, who are using Twitter have the same issue. But for me, I spend too much time on Twitter. But my for you kind of feed is almost all people that I do not follow. It's all like that. You're seeing just likes from people I follow. So instead of uh, popular tweets from accounts that I'm following, it is mostly, uh, you know, tweets liked by people I follow or recommended tweets from different categories. So in order basically to see anybody's tweets that I follow, I have to just do chronological, which is not what I want most of the time. Yeah. So let's talk about what's going on at Twitter, because that's how you started this um, discussion. Elon Musk, we've seen in the past two weeks, has been the person on the planet who's lost more wealth in a short amount of time than anyone else, $200 billion dollars. Tesla shares are tanking. CNET wrote a story back in December how lots of, not lots, but there was a trend among Twi um, Tesla owners who were just not going to renew their leases or backing away because they just didn't like what he was doing. And I think what you're saying is that he's, you know, it's easy Monday Monday, Monday morning quarterback how to run a social media site when you're standing on the outside. But there's a totally different story when you're inside <laughs> trying to make policy and do things and work. And so what we're seeing is the the supposed genius of this man is not, you know, that genius when it comes to a social media site. And either he's getting bored with it, and you know, uh, or there's a communication breakdown where people are not quite sure what they need to do. I mean, he's supposedly looking for somebody else to run it, right? That's what we keep waiting to hear, who's now going to step in and run it because the internet voted him out. So... It's kind of a, seems like he's a ignoring. By the way, it seems like he's kind of ignoring the results of that poll. Uh, I think it's notable that even after that, he was like, "Yeah, if I find someone new to be CEO of Twitter, they'll be CEO, but I'm going to run all the tech and yeah. like platforms." Yeah. I'm going to still uh, run sure. it. Sure, yeah. yeah, you know, CEO. So, um, Scooter X in our chat room says, "Tell me if this is still the case, Scooter X. That some of these third-party clients are working again." I see your tweet. Um, I again, I. I don't have a dog in this hunt anymore, and I'm very happy that I don't. Um, but I think there's still a lot of people who care uh, deeply about what happens to Twitter, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why you're getting leaks from the company. I mean, yeah. I'm a longtime Apple reporter who, in the early days when I was working at this place called MacWeek, we'd have all these great stories. And people were like, why is all this stuff leaking? And it wasn't leaking because people were malicious. It's because they loved the company. Yeah. And they wanted to see it get better and do better. And so you're seeing some people talking about what's happening inside Twitter, not because they want to tear it down. It's because they can't believe it. And they want someone to come and help 
save it or rescue or create enough outside momentum to get some of the crazy stuff stopped. You know, I stepped away entirely from Twitter in December leading up to CES for, for like six weeks. And it was wonderful. It was so I, – I, I focused on Mastodon, on the uh, – I love the you in our, in our Mastodon. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a fun community. When I came back, I didn't really miss uh, having access to a larger audience. I did miss some of the members of the community that I had built up on Twitter. Now, if they were to come over to Macedon, there would be no reason for me to go back to Twitter. That's the only reason why I still care about that company, because there are some people who I can only connect with over Twitter. That's it. I feel like there's a lesson that needs to be learned here that we have. Many of us have, but some of us have not yet learned which is that at least when it comes to social, this kind of centralized single owner company is ultimately not good for you, whether it's Facebook. Look what they're doing to Instagram. Is anybody happy with the new Instagram? Uh, uh, Elon Musk at Twitter. I I feel like these companies, because their model is not to create a nice conversation, their whole business model is to create furor so that it's sticky so it's engaging and as a result you get uh, i think things that are bad for our polity i think they're bad for society i don't think they're good for us whereas these decentralized and i think it's more than just decentralized social networks honestly i think it's also open source that this is maybe the watershed moment maybe i'm being a pie-eyed optimist i also believe it was going to be the year of the linux desktop in 1920 for but uh i think i think that this may be the watershed moment where we start to realize that computing should not be owned by any company i would hope so that blogs should proliferate everybody mm-hmm. should have their own blog that social networks should be diverse and federated that that it doesn't make sense for one company to dominate it's bad for us except and we did a big meeting in the Vatican on this. Uh, it, we did called you? It, yeah, it's uh, common, common good in the digital age. Exa- if anybody should support open source, yeah. it's the Vatican. And, and actually, they asked me about that. They said, what is so sticky about Facebook or Twitter or any of the other social media services? You know, we had mass communications before. Can you say Satan? Well, no. It, oh, no, okay. the, the key word was... <laughs> That's what came to mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the key word was outrage. Yeah, it's, it is. It is. That's social keep, media that's how they make you. sells on outrage yeah. because outrage spreads so fast and outrage motivates more than anything else. Because if I can get righteously indignant about somebody else, about what someone else did or what someone else said, uh, that spreads. That spreads. Now, if I write this wonderful story about how there's a woman in Philadelphia who was taking care of homeless children that will get like maybe yeah. a day of coverage. But if I write about how there's a woman in, in Pennsylvania who has abused homeless children, oh my God, she will be the but most famous person news. ever. Local news has never been about good news. Newspapers have never been about good news. But it's they, reach. If you want people to read your paper yeah. or watch your TV show, you get them. It doesn't have to always be anger, but you get them, you get them revved up but somehow. But the, the loop, the feedback cycle on social media, the fact that you can get that anger cycle so instant. quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's those little mini hits of dopamine. So I guess that's my question. Why are we trying to save Twitter? It's community. It's Honestly, it's the community. Because that's where your friends are. Yeah. Now, there but are that's, s- there, that's, to me, 
that's their heroin dealer's hook. Yes. That's what they're saying. Well, you don't want to lose your friends. And honestly, all it would take is for us to move. It would take us, but some people, a, a lot of people, are invested in the years, decades, for, decade for some. Nobody wants to read your old tweets. Nobody does, but if I've got an account with... 100,000 followers, and I really put time into developing 100,000 followers, I'm not going to just abandon Well, I'm sure for a brand, Connie, that makes a big, that's a big part of it. I mean, I I would love to see CNET say, no more Twitter, it's ridiculous, but you can't do that. We don't even do that. Twit doesn't even do that. You tried to do that. I did it, but I can't get the company to do it. So as somebody who's been in the tech industry for a long time, things come and go, right? And right now, should we save Twitter? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Am I, am I used to it? Do I know how it works? Have have brands built communities? But it's also there's a lot of negativity around there. And we saw a lot of, you know, bad things happen to brands when anybody could get verified that's right true. as a brand and started putting out misinformation. Yeah, there are a few brands so, who wish they weren't on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So I think what we're looking at, I, I agree with everything that's been said about the toxicity that brings that social media has brought to the world and all of us spending way too much time looking down and being in these echo chambers that are being hijacked by disinformation and propagandists and outrage cycle drivers. So then the question becomes, what what is the next thing that might inspire and engage people? For a while, everyone thought it was going to be TikTok, just these short little moments that made you laugh. But then there's the Chinese government behind them and who's collecting the data and for what purpose? I'm not saying TikTok is not going to be successful or continue to to have a lot of traffic, but what's the idea behind it, right? And what's the next level of social engagement that we want to have or that we want to walk away from? So that's the discussions that I think are going to start, especially if more governments, Europe will be ahead of us in the U.S., start looking at these big tech giants and saying, no, we don't want you to have all that power. We want you to want, want to rein you in in some areas. We're just at the beginning of that. Connie, can I invite you to our next conference in the Vatican? Yeah, no <laughs> I would absolutely, as a good Catholic, I would love to come. Okay. <laughs> I've even yes. gotten an apartment I, for you. I get, I'll offer you the same apartment I've been offering Leo for the last five years. <laughs> I, I am, I'm happy to come. But, I, but look, technology, I say this all the time. Technology is a means to an end. It's not an end. And at the beginning, the promise of places like Twitter and Facebook was to connect people in a more easy way where you got out of touch with, you know, your high school classmates or your college classmates. And now you can get back in touch with them or you want to create um, communities. You know, who wants to go to a movie night or have a potluck? That was the promise. It's been co-opted by people for nefarious purposes. So it's the technology inherently isn't bad. It's how it's being co-opted and used by people. And, and and part of that is that we've kind of let it happen. We just let it, yeah. you know, whatever happens, happens. I love the idea of sitting back like you're doing uh, uh, at the, in the church and saying, well, let's think, let's be more conscious about what we do next and think about its impacts. I hate to see, and I do think there's a certain amount of moral panic, uh, for instance, around TikTok. I hate to see people say, well, it's big tech, so it's bad. Right. But at the same time, I think little tech is better. <laughs> you know, I really do. I think personal tech is better. Small scale is better. And maybe it's time to wean ourselves off of this adrenaline dopamine hit that we get from going to places like Twitter. 
and 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 yeah, you know, you go to Mastodon. It's not quite so exciting. There's no buzz. It's just conversations. Mm-hmm. It's pictures of the Vaticats. <laughs> it's kind of pleasant in a way that the Twitter isn't. And maybe we just need to get used to, you know, kind of. It's like a, a sugar addict. It's, at first, it's very hard not to eat stuff laden with sugar, but uh, I don't know. One don't of the know. issues like a better way. is a one channel. So one channel was a strategy that has been developed by um, enterprise communications companies that allowed companies to have, quote unquote, one channel to, to touch bases with their customers. And that meant it combined the feeds from social media, from oh, their own internal communication systems, emails, et cetera, et cetera. Internally, that's what they saw. Right. So uh. they, they wanted the customer to be able to move from one Anywhere. type of communication to another and you continue the conversation. Is that still? Uh, that's still going. That's still that's going. That's good. I right? like that idea. But social media, specifically Twitter, was a huge part of that one channel strategy. So if you lose that, that's billions of dollars yeah. that has been invested that they lose. So they're heavily uh, invested. Uh, of course, Twitter wants to silo it. Right. Twitter doesn't want you to have one channel. No, they, they want, your they one want you to pay them Twitter. for that. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, let's take a little break. Lots more to talk about and a lot of crappy gadgets still, <laughs> including a pet vacuum. <laughs> it's for Burke. This is good stuff. He needs I a haircut. <laughs> I love it. Father Robert Ballas here, the digital Jesuit is here. Jesuit Pilgrimage. This is your new uh, your new app. Yeah, so we've been we were working on this for a while. It just it came out of an evening of hey, we're bored. What do you want to do? And someone said, Hey, why don't <laughs> no, we... wait a minute? Wait a minute. You and the Pope and some cardinals yeah, sitting yeah, around. Kind of. They they <laughs> wanted a digital project. And I said, How about something super simple? At at, at one point someone wanted This is Pokemon interesting because this is this is actually the church trying to figure out how do we stay relevant in Correct. a digital age. Correct. Yeah. So we just, I said, let's make an app. Pokemon Go wouldn't be bad. But yeah, what but would I, you search I'm for? I'm not going to be throwing saints? pokeballs at saints. I mean, <laughs> come on. I'm not going to catch them all. But, but, uh, it, it Gotta just, catch them all. We just took people through the different sites of the pilgrimage Wait a of Saint Your Ignatius. name is on this. It is. It is. This is your app. I know. That actually, iPad and iPhone. iPad, iPhone. It's on is Android. Is there Android too? There, of course there is. So what do you do? Uh, so you, we, we have, it, it, it geolocates. So if you someone, have an app. You buried the lead, dude. Yeah, I know, I know. But I, I do lots of things. But but it, let's say you're actually visiting the uh, the pilgrimage sites. The app will automatically know that you're there. And it will bring up information about the site, where you should go. Uh, it will give you the the meditations that Saint Ignatius himself did. It will show you three sixty oh, as you're there. As you're there, right? <gasps> That's kind of, when did Saint Ignatius live? Oh, uh, back in the fifteen hundreds. <laughs> okay, so well, yeah. that's not that long ago. I mean, Jesus yeah. was a couple of thousand. Yeah, exactly. Ago. So yeah. So uh, and SI, the Society of Jesus, is uh, yes, right, yeah. founded by Saint Ignatius. Correct. That's so that was our founder. And actually, if you look through the app and you follow the pilgrimage sites that he was at, you kind of get an idea of why we ended up the way we are. Plus, you're going to get some great Italian food. <laughs> I should, you, you know, you have restaurants in this. I it's think. an open-ended development. <laughs> and we've been thinking about what else we wanted to add now that the, the core functionality works. It's uh, not all in Italy. Some of it's... Uh, may I suggest a cook with the Pope? Cook with yes. the Pope. Segment, I can, you know, I like a little front to that. camera. Wait, okay. Yeah. You can tell That's us. Where we go. What is a holy father like to eat? He's uh, okay. Well, he's Argentinian, right? And Argentinian food is beef. It's beef. He it's likes meat. his beef. He likes he likes a good meat. What is the uh, cheese dish where they bake the cheese? <laughs> it's oh, so yeah. good. Uh, yes, he, uh, we Does don't he have that? that. It's too rich. 
Oh yeah, it's, it's too, too rich. rich. Yeah, but he's he honestly, and there's a chance that he might be in the house when you're there. He is one of the nicest, most unassuming people you've ever. You've met. told me some stories, mostly I'm sure not for public consumption, yeah. but that really are like wow, that's kind of cool. I'm still trying to get him on our Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons crew. You guys go down in the what, catacombs. Oh, what class do you think the Pope is? <laughs> oh, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be evil. a cleric. Oh, he's a cleric. Yeah. Absolutely a and cleric. He's, uh, the he's... Pope just decides barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to tank. You can't blame him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who doesn't? Now, right? uh, see, our, our uh, D20 sessions are in an actual catacomb. Yeah. So if you, you ever told me that so you told me once that you guys were down there and there's some priests, but there's some you know, are there cardinals, bishops, uh, yeah, high ranking yeah, members of the church just, there. We just you know playing a little D and D. Who is the dungeon master? Uh, I was the, the GM. Okay, yeah, uh, and uh, his holy father comes wandering. We by. were a little loud. You were loud, and he heard you. Oh, he, he heard us, and he came down to see what the ruckus Just was to know in the what catacombs. Was going on. Like, is are they rising from the dead? What's going on? It, it, well, because when you make noise down there, you don't know where it's coming up. Those tunnels go everywhere. Yeah. So he he didn't like send a Swiss guard down. No, no, that would have ended differently and loudly with he bullets. Put, he put his <laughs> he put his pontifical slippers on, which are beautiful, by the way. Yes, and came down himself. He wears Uggs. No, stop it. Papal Uggs. Papal Uggs. And what did he say? Pugs. I just wanted to know what was going on. He's just smiling. I was like, okay, all right, well, good night. Keep it down, boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was uh, uh, actually right before that, um, one of the players had hit a D20 and did an impossible move. And so everyone was just like, ah! Oh! Right. Now, he's a soccer fan, so he's he's used to this kind of ups. ups Argentina. He's, a, he's yeah, Argentina. Yeah, yeah. He's very happy he right now. He was very happy. Yeah. Did he watch the World Cup? Oh, he did. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in Italy watched it, even though Italy wasn't playing in the World yeah. Cup. Yeah. But I forgot he was Argentinian, so yeah. he's really, he's a he's a messy man. He, uh, yes, and you know, even the non-Argentinian fans were happy. Like, look, Messi deserved. Yeah, yeah. This is this is Finally. his thing. This is the way yeah. to end his career. Yeah, yeah. So. But if he comes back next year, he's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little break. More stories of uh, <laughs> the Vatican catacombs coming up. Uh, also, great to have Connie Guglielmo here, editor in chief of CNET, like the big shot, the the person in charge. The the I so nice to have you. We really appreciate uh, you taking some time to be with us. And of course, from beautiful Brooklyn, New York, where she has purple, what is it, magenta plants behind her? I like that. Listen, you know, I got a, got a little fun light back there. It's not a plant. It looks like your plant you. is I magenta. I mean, there is a plant. There is also kind of a, uh, like a neon light back there. Oh, I see. It's up. melding with the plant. And then it looks mm-hmm. like you have a shrine in your fireplace. I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I do. It's a, it's a little lamp that is in the shape of a man with a strategically placed light switch. Oh. <laughs> so right now he is very on. He is so on right now. <laughs> Okay, got it. <laughs> Paris Martineau from The Information. Oh, I love it. We'll have more in just a bit. Our show today brought to you by... <laughs> Is it on his nose? Odd show. Is I it, like his this. Nose? No, is that where the no, that's not his nose. Just, just think, think a little hard about it. You know, um, no, don't think too hard about it. No, 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 no. Reject, reject the thought. <laughs> this episode of Twit brought to you by a new sponsor, Welcoming Decisions. Decisions is super cool. I spent some time with the Decisions team. 
And I really like this stuff. Decisions gives IT and business experts the tools they need to automate anything in your company all within one no-code platform. Every business, every every boss, every C-level executive says, if I could just get this information audited, uh, automated, if they could just have, can I just have like a dashboard with this information? How do we get our business rules encapsulated in such a way that we can, we can incorporate this into our, and this is how you do it, decisions. It could fix any business process and prepare you to withstand economic uncertainty. Resilience to the recession requires a deliberate management of resources and the flexibility to adapt at a moment's notice. Now is the time to take a look at decisions. Their no-code environment makes it easy for your team to get together, build workflows, adjust them, fine-tune them, dynamic forms, your decisioning processes, all your business rules to fit in with your unique and, you know what, ever-changing business needs because it's easy to adjust, to adapt, this is really important with today's IT talent shortage, right? You can't just go downstairs and say, hey, guys, could you code something up for me? No. Not everybody has a Robert Ballas error there. Decisions process automation software is a complete toolkit. So, you know, in, in this business, so for so long, you've got domain expertise and then you've got the technology expertise. And it's often two different people. And there's this issue where you communicate and it's not clear and you don't get quite what you wanted with decisions. You can do your own coding. If you're the domain expert, this is this is for you. Their no-code platform is so powerful. It's got robust rules, workflow engines, a host of pre-built integrations. And, you know, you'll love these because you can connect to your legacy systems through their API. But you don't have to code it. You just drag and drop a visual interface design. So these integrations are great. You can say, well, let's pull from this. Let's pull from that. Let's report to here. You could deploy it on-prem, or you can have decisions in the cloud. Decisions was very helpful. I have to tell you, over the last few years during the pandemic, a lot of companies uh, you know, were caught flat-footed, but decisions customers, they could respond. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, remember the PPP loan thing? You had, like, the, these banks were told, okay, we're going to do PPP loans. You ready? <laughs> what? What do you mean? <laughs> you ready? They're one of the largest private banks in the country, when this was announced, built an entire PPP loan application for small business in two days on decisions. As a result, they were first to market, issued a billion dollars in loans before anybody even started their app. That's the kind of thing this kind of nimble architecture could do for you. Two days! Decisions lets you customize workflows to automate the small decisions. That's why I guess they call it that. Producing faster results with greater accuracy, allowing your team to focus on all the important decisions. Scale your business to better serve your customers while reducing operational costs, saving your team valuable time. I can go on and on. There's so many ways people are using decisions. So many things. I'll give you an example. Otis Elevator. You've heard of them. I didn't realize they were this big. Two million elevators all over the world. And, of course, a lot of those elevators are using different automation systems. They don't talk to one another, right? Otis needed a way to check every one of those 2 million elevators every single day. They call it a daily pulse check. So that they will know ahead of time before an elevator is having problems. You don't want to find out after somebody's stuck in it or after the elevator fails. You want to know ahead of time so you can fix it and have a great uptime. So that's what they did. They used decisions 
to create automation software that handles all the integrations with the disparate systems so they get their daily pulse check, 2 million units every single day, thanks to decisions. That is a really good example of how this kind of software can transform your business process. And you'll be glad, if you ride in a notice elevator, you'll be glad to know they're keeping an eye on things, right? As the recession approaches, the durability of a business's foundation will directly impact its performance and its ability to survive. How strong is your foundation? Are you ready? Even if, even if everything goes great, there's always something. There's always something. Decisions Automation Platform provides a solution to any business challenge, automating anything, changing everything to improve your company's speed to market, improve your financial growth, your operational success. Decisions helps industry leaders alleviate bottlenecks and automate pain points in their business so you can do what's best to change the world and build your business. To learn more about Decisions, no-code automation platform. This is the one, by the way. This is amazing. Uh, scope your free proof of concept. Just go to decisions.com slash twit. D-E-C-I-S-I-O-N-S, decisions, just like the word, dot com slash twit. We thank them so much for their support. I welcome them. I had a, boy, I had a great conversation with this team, and they blew me away. They showed me example after example. You'll find it at the website, too. Decisions.com slash twit. I think you'll be very impressed we thank them so much for supporting our show and thank you for supporting our show by going to that address so they know, oh, yeah, they saw it on Twit, decisions.com slash Twit. That's very important to us. Thank you, Decisions. All right, what else you got, Father Robert? <laughs> oh, you know I, what? How- I'm trying to do a commercial and he's setting up a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> okay, okay, I do have to show this off because this was this was one of these things where, okay, the only reason why I went up to their suite was because they had uh, one of the uh, the uh, performers from uh, NWA. He was up there and uh, a rap star, a rap star, and they had some really good food. And I I was looking for some some evening entertainment. <laughs> and then they did this. This is the their P two. They if you have pets, you know the one downside to a pet is what fur fur everywhere, lots and lots of fur. Uh, so they they uh, they released this P one. Early last year, it was a surprise hit. They sold like 50,000 units, sold this out the entire run. just for pets. It's just for pets. Not the pet itself. Not the pet itself. Pet owners, owner. I pet, should say. The pet owners. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's a bunch of attachments that connect to this thing that have a groomer, a clipper, uh, like oh. a brush. Oh. And all the hair goes straight oh, into the vacuum. Oh, I got to get this for Lisa. No, no I, I wanted it for Burke. Oh, Burke yeah, needs he's it. Kinda he's kind of shaggy. Yeah, 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 he's got a lot of hair. But the killer thing is when you turn this thing on. we get Burke hair everywhere. It's nearly silent. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's yeah it's nearly silent so you don't scare away the pets. Nice. I mean, come on, it's practical tech. Yeah, it's not earth shattering. But who's this from? What's the name of the company? Uh, Nikasa. N e a k a s a. N e a k a s a. Nikasa Sukasa. Nikasa Sukasa. It's and uh, I think right now they're still doing their CES special thing. So if you go on Amazon, it's like one twenty nine. And anyone who's ever oh, bought a Dyson, this. a Dyson knows that's a that's a good deal. That's a really good deal. You can't get a Dyson bag for one twenty nine, right? Right. <laughs> but I've already played with one of these uh, with the Vaticats, and they're feral, but they don't run. They're from not it. scared of it. They're not scared of it. I I thought they would be out of their minds. Go figure. Uh, now it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Just put P two P two vacuum P two pro V A C U U M. Uh, I don't. It's uh, remove the Nikasa. Don't do Nikasa. It's N E A K A S A. N E A Nia Casa. Nia Casa. Nia Casa. I don't see it. Oh, so. where did it go? 
I know hey, it's there somewhere. You know what? This is problematic because uh, I think what's happening is all the other vacuum cleaners have they're, bought they're placement, them. and you don't see them. Oh, there it is. Yeah, N E A K A S A. Oh, N E A. N E A. National Education Administration. Now, I was. I really hoped Burke was going to be here because I kind of wanted you to do a clipping. There's live. something wrong with my. Uh, Amazon. No, it's one word. N E A K A S A. Okay. I'm so bad at this. K A S A. Well, if they had a normal name, I could find it. Are they're, they Japanese? No, they're, they're located from? in Los Angeles. Why, why is it not showing up? I think Amazon is doing something here. I think Amazon doesn't want you to Amazon find it. Amazon does not want me to buy this. <laughs> it's on my computer. How come it's coming up on yours and not on mine? <laughs> it, you'd be too powerful if you had this, if you right? had the ability to They don't want me to have the ability? <laughs> the chat room yeah. Ant found it. found it. Ant has two dogs. He needs it. Um, I don't know what's wrong with I kind of wanted to get one of these. This for tells me something. This tells me that Amazon is modifying the results for me because I'm logged in. <laughs> I saw it in real time. Yeah. It actually changed the term that you put in. I, that's a weird, weird, weird thing. <laughs> 129 The bucks. dog and the cat do not come with a vacuum, so, by the way. So let me ask what? Connie in Paris know, this. Right? Would this be a good anniversary gift for my wife? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm not going to ask the only, next. Only if you want her to leave you. Okay. No, I don't want that. Okay. Never mind. Oh Honey, gosh. look what I got you. A vacuum. Wow. That sounds bad. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. And Even look, if it's I'm, a I'm, a, I'm celibate and I know, no, that's a danger zone. <laughs> Even the priest knows. Ooh, that, that'd be like, oh, that. for, your, for your anniversary, I got you a new stove. It's the same kind of vibe. I was right? actually thinking... Mm-hmm. Because I want to get an induction stovetop, but I wait. wait what, she are you electric that. right now or gas? I'm um, gas. You're gas, and you want to get induction. Wow. What do you have, Paris? I rent, so I have you gas have what they and give get you. poisoned a bit every time I uh, make any food. Today I tried to cook some French toast. My apartment smelled awful for a while <laughs> afterwards. I'm probably losing brain cells. It's worse in the winter because you can't open the windows, right? It's wait, freezing. Is, yeah. is induction better? I, I thought great. induction was, was much secondary better. to gas. Oh, they see. The have gas? you not? Okay, this is because you guys are not on Twitter. You haven't seen the great gas debate. Uh, okay. I bet Ted Cruz has something to say about gas. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Ted. I'm sure Matt Gates has like seven tweets on gas right now. So what happened? Actually, was there was, DeSantis does. Ron yes. DeSantis <laughs> is going to pass a law in Florida banning. The banning of gas. <laughs> Can you ban a ban? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. there was a study. So this came this came out of the, uh, I can't, uh, was it the, uh, who was it? Was the EPA? Yo. There was a study that is kind of weak that a certain percentage of childhood asthma, like 16%, is caused by gas stoves, by natural gas. And... Uh, president actually had to put out a statement no we are not banning gas stoves <laughs> nevertheless there are the op- the loyal opposition uh has been jumping on this saying you see next they're gonna come for the stoves so l- let me get this straight uh all the science pointing at masks and vaccinations being useful is not gonna make a dent in his head yeah, but, but a study about how gas yes. causes asthma yeah and, all right yeah. cool I'm done. But I but honestly, I don't want to I would like to get rid of natural gas in my house for other reasons. Um and I want an induction uh, stovetop, but I keep, Amazon won't let me find those either. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with my Amazon. I don't know. 
Uh, hey, Scooter X, did you check to see if your third-party tweets were going through or no? I'm just curious. All right. Scooter X, who is normally quite talkative, seems to have abandoned us. He's because gone. he's cooking on his gas stove his right gas now. stove. <laughs> he's passed out in his home right That's now, right. Scooter X. He's got asthma and uh, has carbon monoxide poisoning in his home because of gas. Now, Connie, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. But since you're here, we should probably ask you about ChatGPT. CNET use ChatGPT to write. No, you don't want to. You don't want to talk about this. No, no, I'm totally happy to talk about. It. We didn't use ChatGPT though. Oh, use something else. You seven, seventy-five articles. Now this is the report, and that's why you're here. No, it's not why you're here. But now that you're here, I'm going to definitely ask you about it. Uh, was AI of some sort was used to write articles about, uh, it was about um, personal finance. Now, I have to say, I think CNET handled it properly, saying, in fact, uh, you know, they had a human review everything and all of that. Oh, here's your post. Look at that. Let's look at look at your post. And this is how it came out, I think. Yes. AI assist. Okay, that's... So, so okay. tell me what's going on. Yeah, so... We have been using one one team at CNET, the personal money team, has been testing the use of an AI to write what we call basic explainers, like what is a credit card, what is compound interest, since the middle of November. And the stories had a byline, and if you clicked on it, it, it was CNET money staff. And if you clicked on it, it said it was created in part with an automated technology, it an says AI it right engine. Here. Yeah. Reviewed, fact checked, and edited by our staff, so by humans. So we changed the it was a hover before. Ah. And then somebody, you know, found that we had been doing this. It wasn't it wasn't a secret, but we didn't pre announce that we were doing this. We didn't put out a press release. But that's a good way to test it, it, right? To see, you know. Well, that's it depends on your point of view. <laughs> <laughs> But we, we did not pre-announce it. I mean, we told the staff internally that we were looking at an AI engine. And obviously the crew in this uh, on the money team knew what was going on. And everything was um, checked and reviewed by an, an editor because the experiment that we're doing, which is ongoing, it's not done, is, you know, there's all this hype around this technology. How can it help you? And our model was, can it help for some kinds of stories where we don't have staff to write and does it actually save time for these editors? How long does it take to edit pieces? So we're going to be looking at all of that. Like I think almost every media company is looking at different ways to get an assist from tech. And I will say as a longtime tech journalist, I worked at Bloomberg many, you know, a decade ago, uh, there has been AI technology helping us as stories. It's just at various levels. Chat, chat GBT is on this other extreme, which people have been talking about, like writing Shakespeare for you instead of Shakespeare. And uh, that's not what I'm talking about here at all. But, uh, you know, there have been stories that are auto written on the stock market. Prices go up, prices go down, consumer index goes up, consumer index goes down. Those, those things have been going on for. A very long time. This sports was actually sports stories, too, have been written by computers for years. I mean, this has been going on for years. But that's because they're very, so, 
they're very mechanical, you know. Uh, you can look at a box oh, yes. score and write that story. A computer can write that story. Same thing with financial stories for the most part. So I, we don't know the answer yet to whether it's it's worthwhile, but we're trying to find a use case. And in this case, the use case was these basic explainers that, you know, we have a staff of really smart, talented reporters. And if I said to them, could you write a basic explainer or could you write an in-depth feature and go and interview people? I know where they want to spend right. their time. But you have to have some of that other, those basic explainers are, are valuable. It's just a matter of resources. So that's what the test was. And that's what I wrote uh, in that blog Is, post. And anyone can read for themselves. Was this uh, your idea? It was not my idea. <laughs> uh, I am like most journalists. I am slow to adopt new technology. Yeah. I always like to kick the tires and, and test things and understand the implications. But we are at about the beginning of a process with some of this AI tech, like you said, to auto insert numbers and stories, right? We we report on mortgage rates as part of that money team. You know, those numbers are auto inserted just like stock prices are inserted. So it's part of a process of looking at that technology that I think warrants the same kind of scrutiny that CNET would give to any other technology. And I linked to some examples of stories there where we, you know, we looked at duplex when it first came out and we're like, is this Google du duplex a good idea or not? I, I went and looked at the Magic Leap headset headset when it was announced. Is it BS or is it brilliant? Like, this is what we do. And I hope other people are doing as well, because you can be afraid of the future and what tech might bring, or you can be part of helping to find how to usher it in. So, I found a use yeah. case. What's that? Uh, I actually wrote about it for Amy Webb's uh, Future Today Institute. Um, using Chat GPT three, I was able to create a honeybot. So a the code or no no uh, yeah. So we used the bot and populated it. It's with it's, content from Chat. Well, content specifically relating to network uh, topology. Oh, interesting. So if someone was trying to hack the network, rather than denying them like a traditional IPS would, just blocking them at the source so they can't get into the network, it would actually simulate an intrusion. So someone thinks they're in the network, and it's an entirely a, a fiction created by ChatGPT3. <laughs> and it was, and it's plausible. <laughs> it's plausible. It, and, and this instance I was using wasn't specifically tuned for that, but it still gave... An incredible simulation of, yeah, this is what an intrusion would look like. So imagine that your network defense is just making up stuff on the fly so that someone attacking your oh, network. Oh, I think there's lots of uh, oh, yeah, uh, cool and appropriate uses. Yeah. for. Do you want to talk about what how, how you did it, Connie, or is that a state secret? Oh, we're not talking about it beyond okay. what I wrote in that Except uh, that it was not chat. It was not chat, GPT. No, it okay. was Okay. But there's a lot. I, I mean, there's a lot of tools like chat gpt is by no means no. unique paris as a reporter <laughs> what's your attitude towards this i mean do you, you, you worry I that mean, this effect might affect your living not really i'm not particularly worried that it would affect my living because i think the sort of journalism i mean i think it's just what connie said most reporters probably don't want to spend their time uh doing the sort of necessary but maybe slightly more rote work and part of journalism. And instead, they'd rather spend their time working on larger features or bigger reporting projects. And I think that these sort of tools can be a great like way to augment your workflow, where instead of, you know, I had worked at 
publications where you'd have to not churn out a bunch of content, but for lack of a better word, churn out a bunch of content yeah. because that's part of the job. Right. And if you had a way to do that very quickly and then you could spend most of your hours working on the sort of stories that matter most to you, I think that's good. I have to wonder, is there are there any reporters who aren't at least enlisting a little help from ChatGPT on some of these boring rote bits. I I completely understand that. Uh, and as and, I, and and Connie, you did the right thing. You've got a human reviewing it. The only issue with ChatGPT is it's it's a sometimes it's confidently wrong, right? right? It's it's it says it with such assurance that you go, oh, it must be right, and it isn't. And so I, you check that obviously. Again, I don't. I, I don't use chat GBT, so I can't speak. Oh, to you got to try it. It's very, the yeah, yeah. There is I, a clear, well, I watched, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I watched Ryan Reynolds use it in his ad for Mint Wasn't Mobile. Wasn't that wild in Mint Mobile? Yeah. But I think the key to anytime there's a new technology used, and in, certainly in this case where there are completely valid and re- legitimate concerns about, you know, is it going to take people's jobs away? Because I'm sure every tech takes people's jobs away, but is to label the content. And we didn't label it as clearly. You had to hover and click to find out. So that changed this week where we said, well, just let's just say it and let, let's not back away. But our other publications that are using the technology today, being as forthright and labeling and being transparent about who created what content, that's something that has to happen as a discussion in the industry as a whole. So uh, I'm not saying that, you know, like I said, that it, the, the jury's still out and how and what the use cases might be. But I think um, making sure that we're labeling this stuff and we're also not afraid to test it and mm-hmm. try it is part of the path forward. You know, one of the reasons why this story has hit so hard is we did not expect the advancements in GPT to come as quickly as they did. If you look at text that has been written by GPT-2, you can tell. That it was auto-generated oh, yeah. because tech, it will find a couple of facts, a couple of the nuggets that it wants to put in, and then it just keeps repeating them in different ways. So it's a qu- pretty easy way to figure out that this is an auto-generated piece of content. Chat GPT-3 doesn't do that. It is an order of magnitude more sophisticated than GPT-2, and we did not expect that they'd be able to get to that level this quickly. And now the question is, well, when they release the next version, that is – using more than 175 billion different parameters to do its predictive texting, what are we going to get? I mean, it's, it's already at the point that I have had, had uh, inquiries from some of our universities on how can we detect auto-generated content from students. And I told them, well, right now, until we come up with something more sophisticated, what you need to do is you have to get a baseline sample of the writing from the students at the very beginning of the oh, course. Oh, that's smart. Because that's the only way you're going to be able to tell. Get you're not going to find the yeah. errors in GPT-3. Yeah. Jeff Jarvis uh, has talked about a, a teacher who's going to use chat GPT in her English classes. And I think that's probably the case is that uh, it's foolish to hide your head in the sand. Yep. And that's I it. agree with you. It feels like we are at an inflection point, that there's some sort of Cambrian explosion going on with AI, not just yep. ch- not just text, but uh, with the illustration as well. And mm-hmm. uh, AI voices have gotten better and better and better and um, I think very, very interesting. So, I, yeah, I don't. I'm not one of the people who was critical of uh, CNET at all. 
Because I think you did it, you did it the kind of if you're going to do it, they'll do it the right way. And I think there is a good use use case for it, and that people like Paris will always have work because no somebody. I wish I could find the source. I think it was on our Twit Mastodon. Somebody said ChatGPT is the is is just basically the ultimate mansplaining. It's <laughs> it's just this <laughs> confident yeah, kind of yeah patronizing voice saying well. Well, actually, actually, <laughs> just in case you didn't know, and then it's confidently wrong. Stephen Wolfram of Wolfram Alpha, who is, I think, arguably one of the geniuses of our time, wrote a very interesting piece about how chat GPT might use Wolfram Alpha to correct the stuff it gets wrong. He talks about some of the, the confidently wrong conclusions chat GPT comes up with like this. How far is it from Tokyo to Chicago? And chat GPT gets it wrong. It says, uh, well, uh, the distance is uh, 76,000 miles. It's a very long distance. It would take a significant amount of time to travel one place to the other. Uh, the flight to, uh, to Tokyo from Chicago is about 16 hours. Blah, blah. It sounds pretty convincing, but it's wrong because if you ask Wolfram Alpha, instead of 7,600 miles, it's 6,313 miles. And, uh, and he says, by the way, you can teach chat GPT. By adding that information, and then ChatGPT says, well, thank you for correcting me. You're correct. The distance from Chicago is uh, 613,613 6, miles. And then you can ask it again, and it will then get it right. Okay. Okay. So it learns. Which is very interesting. So his premise is there are things that, because of the way Wolfram Alpha works, Wolfram Alpha knows the 3 to the power of 73, which is not 14 billion, but in fact... A different number, much larger, uh, that it could be working with ChatGPT to fix it. But people should be very careful about ChatGPT, especially when it comes to factual matters. Leo, it is mansplaining. Uh, I okay. I just came up a pitch for a show, a new Twitch show with two hosts, and both of them are ChatGPT three <laughs> with text to speech enabled. I love it. I mean, I'm telling you right now, you could have a hit. Just make it a 15 minute hit a day. It just auto generates. <laughs> I'll, I'll code it for you. Does that res resonate, Connie, in Paris? Is is ChatGPT basically a mansplainer? I mean, I think that it's just... <laughs> I think that these tools are useful for their very specific use case. It is taking a large amount of information, aggregating it, and spitting that out. I think that in some cases it'll be right, in some cases it'll be wrong. The fact is it's taking in a large amount of information and what you're getting is it's uh you know version of what it thinks is important and what it thinks is correct so it's never going to reflect the world it's never explaining anything in particular it is just kind of synthesizing it it's, reminds me a lot of I'm, I'm i'm a big redditor that's been my we we're talking about social media lately the social media network i've i guess i've been turning towards more lately as twitter has died is reddit I agree. and they have all these little bots in there where it's like oh we're going to uh, try and uh, take the article that was posted and give you the TLDR via bot. And most of the time it's wrong. Sometimes it's <laughs> right, though. And I think that's like a little fun experiment is seeing what does the computer think that this actually means. There's the other issue, which is the people who created the original content that these AI are using, right. whether they're artists or writers. Our friend Alex Kantrowitz, who is a regular on uh, the show and writes the big technology Substack. uh said, uh, a writer used AI to plagiarize me, now what? And I was taken in, by the way, by this writer. Maybe you saw it. It's a, uh, a, a sub stack called The Rationalist, 
which looks like it's written by a human, is not. It plagiarized one of his posts on the creator economy. I saw this post. It was on the front page of Hacker News, a post that said the 1% uh, in, creator, in the creator economy are taking all the money. There's no middle class. It turns out Alex had written this some days before. The Rationalist, he says, is an odd publication. It has no mission. No named authors outside of Petra. It's been live for a week, yet two days after it went live, it was lifting passages directly from big technology. And he has, you know, the smoking gun for that. The flashy headline, the creator economy, the top 1% and everyone else helped propel his story to the Hacker News front page. It was his story. So this was the first thing that kind of came to my mind when you were asking earlier about what I thought about potentially whether this is going to put journalists out of a job or something is I feel like oftentimes in the news industry, we end up having these plagiarism scandals that I mean, in some cases, obviously, it's people taking huge sections of someone else's work. But oftentimes it's been like someone lifts a couple sentences or a paragraph. And I think if you had publications running unchecked on um, AI generated content like this without any editorial oversight, that would happen all the time. This exact example, because aggregating other people's information is going to result in plagiarism. It's kind of like what we're seeing with uh, AI art right now. I was totally fooled by this. I bookmarked the story. I talked about it on some of the shows. Uh, wow. At no point does it say it's AI written. Uh, but it is. But I mean, was it lifting it or was it transforming? Yeah. yeah, it starts with a story. As I scroll through my social media feed, I am inundated with the carefully curated lives. It's quite well written, by the way. Uh, it, it's it's a little bit scary. Uh, and if it's a Substack uh, newsletter, it could conceivably make a lot of money. Although some of the commenters did note this uh, this sounds like an artificial intelligence. We're getting better, aren't we, at detecting this stuff? Uh, I'm I'm impressed because I didn't detect it, but I think some people are smart enough uh, to, so, to pick it up. So to me, this goes back to even the discussion about social media and what technology has caused in our culture, which is distrust of the the people and news sources that are out there. And if we could just all take a moment. Hacker News to vet who they're amplifying and do some due diligence and yeah, check. Yeah. Okay, wait, they don't say that it's an AI, but okay, have a whitelist of sites that you will pull from. And if someone wants to join your whitelist, then have them apply to, to join your whitelist, right? This was an argument that came out years ago with Google News about, oh, you know, we're feeding the disinformation cycle. And I, I wrote a column proposing this. Well, then don't label what you're putting out there is news right don't put it in the google news feed have a whitelist and invite people to join be very clear about what it takes to join that whitelist and be transparent about it so that at least people can trust <laughs> that is not being written by uh an ai or it's been plagiarized by someone else because i think you know we all have examples paris and i of our work showing up under someone else's byline very clearly and what is the recourse well if you work for a media organization their legal department can send a takedown notice, right? But not everyone can do that. That's a process. It, it could hurt you and your business. And so we all have to get smarter about what we're reading and who we trust and how we consume this stuff. And yeah, that's not something that happens today, but it's something I think that they should be taught in schools, you know, starting from second or third grade or whatever makes sense. I'm not a teacher, but... Um, 
we need to be more conscious uh, because there is a ripple effect, whether it's plagiarized by an AI or another human being. Alex Kantrowitz was screwed, right? Yeah. By somebody. Yeah. And that, at the end of the day, that's the message is that his work was co-opted. Right. So what is his recourse? And and he's the victim. So does he have to somehow defend himself? Why is he allowed to be victimized? How can we prevent the victimization, if you will? Yeah. I think this is, I mean, we're starting to see, obviously, this question be asked and in some ways answered in the art world, given um, the kind of proliferation of AI tools there. I believe just yesterday there was a class action filed against Stability AI, oh, really? Journey, and DeviantArt for DMCA violations, right of publicity violations, unlawful competition, and, and breach of terms of service by kind of this large group of artists, because obviously the work that is being generated by these companies or uh, makers of AI tools is built off the back of artists who have their work on the internet. It's funny. I would have thought that deviant art was the sewer instead of one of the uh, one of the defendants, uh, because most of the stuff on deviant art, at least until recently, was written was done by humans. And I would have thought, oh, those humans were upset about their art being because it's you know that's exactly what stability, stable diffusion yeah. uh, scrapes and all the other things. But I guess uh, there's so much AI art appearing on deviant art now that uh, they are apparently. So I didn't realize this, but apparently deviant art has this uh, product Dream Up, a product ah. that the lawsuit claims unlawfully infringes in the rights of its own art community. I guess by generating AI art. Interesting. So, uh, I mean, this is the this is kind of the other side of this AI stuff. Is the machine learning comes from publicly available content, whether text or art or you know sound. Um, that's how you train these giant models. That's going to be big. So, like, let's that's take GPT three. How do you again. get around it? So the, it has one hundred and seventy five billion possible parameters that it can draw from when yeah. it's when it's generating its content so there's i could foresee them making some sort of regulations on what kind of data you can feed to uh, a, a narrow ai it can't just be here's the internet take it because you're going to get so much inform misinformation you're going to get so much copyrighted material you're going to have to start seeing responsible companies saying we've generated our own data set based on things that we've sampled and we know that it can generate content that is not copyrighted um, we don't have that yet, but that's where we're going to be going if these start to catch on. If you actually start to see these being used in a professional environment, that's just going to be part of the legal due diligence. If you don't have a, a uh, parameter set that is free from claim, it's not usable in a commercial setting. Yeah, I could, I'm concerned because voice is the next uh, frontier on this, yes. and it's completely possible to steal my voice. 100%. <laughs> Uh, especially because there's what, many, you're saying many, there's some samples of your voice? A few. <laughs> Maybe. A few. Yeah. And my image, too. Now, I would love to use this <laughs> myself to create a virtual Leo that I could then uh, go home. And let it take over the shows. And maybe then a few years, that is what will happen. Would but you trust Ant with virtual Leo? Yeah, I would. <laughs> what we'd have to do is See, hire... that could be Padre's version of the show. Is That's uh, right. Two yeah. co-hosts. It's both Leo. You Leo would be dressed Leo, in Clemson jerseys chat, all year. Uh, GPT. This is a company yeah. called Eleven Labs. Uh, this is from their blog. This voice doesn't exist. Generative voice AI. Taking... People's existing voices, it, Google's been doing this, a lot of others are doing it, and applying it to a synthesized voice. 
uh, so that you can, and Apple's now using uh, AI voices in narration of some of its Apple books. They're quite good. Here's a, here's an example of, so this, the model lets you set things like the voice's core identity, which is gender, age, accent, pitch, speaking style. And then you can generate a new voice out of this that never existed before. These are good. Let me play you. Right. Let me play you one. Here. I want to hear this. I have to turn on my sound. Celebrating his 11st birthday. With oh, this is this is a passage from uh, The Hobbit. When Mr. Bilbo Baggins of Bag End announced that he would shortly be celebrating his 11st birthday with a party of special magnificence, there was much talk and excitement in Hobbiton. Bilbo was very rich and very peculiar, and had been the wonder of the Shire for 60 years, ever since his remarkable disappearance and unexpected return. That's pretty oh damn good. Oh, my God. That's, I was trying <laughs> to hear some artifact. It doesn't sound machinery. Yeah. The, the pace was on, and even the it pauses. Paused, it sounded like, and oh, this is what's really scary about ChatGPT, too. It sounds like it understands right. what it's saying, right? It obviously, it can't. It doesn't. Here's a conversational voice. You think this has nothing to do with you. You go to your closet and you select, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back. Oh my, even the inflections. I know. Wow, this She's is good. She's a valley girl. That is really... Okay, no, I am actually scared about that way yeah. more than I am about ChatGPT3. Yeah. Yeah. That's too realistic. Yeah. Uh, well, imagine pairing that with ChatGPT. Oh my goodness. Um, so this is 11labs.io and they say starting next month, this is going to be released to the public. Oh my God. Uh, as part of their voice lab. Um, I, there are certain classes of jobs, jobs that, uh, somebody like me might do like video game or book narration that probably are going to be going away. Uh, news readers, you know, most news readers on radio stations are human right now. I don't think they deserve to be. I think they could easily be uh, a machine. That that's not text to speech. I know text to speech, and I don't like text yeah, to speech. Yeah, yeah. That's actual performance. It's perform. It sounds more like performance, doesn't it? Now those are samples they generated. So let's see what happens when wow. they, when they put them out. I have to say, yeah. I was very impressed too with Apple's narrators, um, but they sounded. You could tell. Right, you know, it's it's like uh, the Google the Google Voice and the Siri Voice. They're okay, but I know what they sound like, and I know they sound artificial. There was nothing in those two samples that sounded artificial. Yeah, that kind of scares me. Let me see if I can find uh, a sample oh. of. Uh, actually, I have it on my phone. I've played this before. There's a this is a book about um, lumberjacks. <laughs> what uh what app are you using for your audiobooks leo uh, i use audible but uh there are many better probably choices like libro fm and and others i have this terrible i every audiobook i listen to the narration is terrible oh you get that's why like Audible's worse good. than text to you, speech. yeah you gotta I really mean, I've tried audible yeah well it depends on the book because everybody's audible. different yeah. i think i think the problem really is uh that some narrators are awful I have listened to thousands of hours on Audible. I, I just I'm a. Let me see if this fools you, or not fools you. But is it, it going to be the lumberjack song? I'm a lumberjack. Um, and I'm no, okay. no. This is it. So this is quote narrated by Apple Books. This is a, a, bo a book called The Lumberjacks. That probably no human would want to read. Okay, because it's just the history of lumberjacks. Hit but me. <laughs> let me play this. You tell me. I think you can tell the difference. Loggers in British Columbia. 
Of the three interwoven ages of Eastern Canadian logging, the first belonged to the bearded square timbermen, who hewed great bulks of white and red pine and drove them in huge rafts down the rivers to Quebec City, from where they were shipped to England. Just imagine you doing the dishes while listening to this. I think it's fine. It's fine, but no, I can. can There is a little bit of artifacting at the ends. I think that's maybe though the bit rate and stuff. Maybe, maybe. I, I think that the samples on these are not as good, maybe, as... So I I don't... I, But it's not as good, I think, as the 11 Labs. The, what the 11 Labs does is it speeds up and slows down, which is a very human yeah, there thing was to a, do. Yeah, there was a very this natural... This is more... It's the same speed, even though there are pauses. They have a lot of uh, romance yeah. novels written this way. Let me just... He was right, of course. Lately, she'd been distracted every time she looked out the window. Oh, that one's very robotic. But yeah, that's Vancouver's harbor, that's one step above Siri. Know. Yeah. You would immediately know. Yeah. I mean, I will say that's better than some of the human. Yes, bad, bad narrators. To. You're awful. Yeah. It feels like every book that I choose, just the worst audio narrator in the world has been assigned to it. It is I like wish, they haven't even read the sentence. I wish Audible were sponsored today because I could pick some very good. Uh, audiobooks are some that really are well uh, narrated. I'm listening to um, Ian Banks' first book in his culture series, uh, Consider Flebus, and the narrator's wonderful, and he's really doing a nice job of bringing it to life. They're good books, but there's you've got to find a couple them. of who who did um, love him. There's there's I, I know <laughs> I don't know the the one who did who did the the Martian. Oh, he's so good. He's he's exceptional. Yeah, I've it, heard him in so many books. So it's an, an interesting thing happened there. I think which I talked to Andy Weir about this. Uh, he uh, gave the rights for the audio book to Audible, so they recorded it. And the guy who originally did the Martian, they they I guess they lost him. Right. So the new version is Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Who is not as good. He's not as good. I, I heard mm. Will Wheaton I like Will. do uh, Ready Player One, and he was okay in that. He's okay. But, but he's not the. I, what was that guy's name? He's he's done so many sci fi, yeah. uh, in the sci fi yeah. uh, genre. I have to ask Daniel when he's on. Daniel Suarez, who wrote uh, one of your favorite Demon books, and Demon and Freedom. Yeah. yeah. His new book is coming out, and he uses the same. Uh, that's one of the things, if, if, you're, if you get good. You can have the same narrator uh, again and again, and people start to. Here's this Jeff Gurner, who I think sounds really. Oh, Gurner's fantastic. Really yeah. good. This is from Demon. Probably violating copyrights. Penguin here. Audio presents. Oh, this Demon is this is the very Daniel beginning. Suarez. So there's a little funny little right. thing going on. But um, my pitch, my startup pitch, is that there should be a company that makes like custom audiobooks perhaps they work with the author put a little bit of effort in that you know in addition to just having a decent narrator i guess this is my issue because i read a lot of non-fiction books yeah but just turn quotes around slightly so that you introduce who is saying the thing before you launch into a quote as my paris martin feels said. like my yeah, yeah as paris martin said and then quote because yeah. sometimes i'll just be listening to a book in the driest flattest voice and then i'm like oh these past two sentences were a quote. Little did I Didn't, know. Yeah, actually, I agree. There's a there's a section of the Martian where he's hacking the rover, and in the text, when you're reading the book, it, it's fine because it has like the code. But then he's reading out the code in real time, and it's like you <laughs> slash know what? slash slash. Yeah, you probably could have slipped there. Hex five six six slash. On the other hand, on the other hand, there Andy's uh, latest, which is uh, Project Hail Mary, uh, that's excellent. Really, is well adapted to audio yes. because there's an 
can I say this without spoiling it? There's an alien. I can say that. Yeah. yeah. And the alien speaks in a musical mm-hmm. tone. And whereas reading it on the page, I don't even know what it looks like on the page because I only listen to it. But reading it on the page, it's not going to be that way. In the, it, they produced it well. Yes. It and it's a musical voice. And, mm-hmm. you go, and you, the alien has his own musical voice. I read it first. And then I, and then I listened to the audiobook. I'm like, oh, yeah. It comes along. Duh. That's how I should yeah, have been hearing so it. So it just depends, I guess. Hey, I got to take a break. We're way behind on our <laughs> fine sponsors. We will get a... Um, we will get a lovely. You're telling pic. me that wasn't an Audible ad right there? Yeah, I, God, if I could only charge <laughs> them for right? that. They are a sponsor. We do love them. Um, it, uh, we'll get another pick from CES from Father Robert in just a second. But first, a word. Now, this is a sponsor. I live. Uh, in fact, because on New Year's Day I made a resolution. You ever hear of that? I had been uh, overindulging a little bit, and I said, you know what? I'm getting back with Noom. I've been using Noom for more than a year. You've probably seen the ads on TV and so forth. It's a psychology. It's not a diet. Don't put me on a diet because I will then respond negatively, right? I will then go get a package of Oreos and say, screw you diet. I'm eating these Oreos. Not with Noom. Noom is a psychology-based approach that really is more about educating you about food and your relationship with food so you can break the cycle. And change your habits for good. I started doing them about a year ago. Lisa, being a wonderful wife, said, I'll do it too to support you. I don't have much weight to lose, but I'll do it. She is like the queen of Noom now. She she not only lost the weight, she got down below the, the weight she'd always wanted to be at. She got down to the, the weight she's always wanted to be at but never could reach and is maintaining it beautifully. It's amazing. And her health is great. And, you know, I, over the holidays, I maybe ate a one or two... You, Probably did this too. Too many Christmas cookies. Yeah, yeah, maybe. That box of C's candy was calling to me. And uh, But you know what? January 1st, Noom again. I went back and I love it. In fact, I actually reset my lessons to kind of start over. I have, I you know, I got like the master's degree, got to the end of Noom, and they have a great maintenance program. But I thought, I really want to kind of re-engage myself. Losing weight starts with your brain, but it's not, I hate to even say losing weight. It's about learning how to change your relationship with food so it supports you. It's a, you have a healthy weight. Make the science behind your eating choices, why you've got cravings. I learned, for instance, that I am a fog eater. I eat in a in a blind fog. You could ask me five minutes later, what did you just eat? How did it taste? And I go, what? What are you talking about? I have no idea. Noom helped me learn that. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices, why you're doing that. 4.6 million people to date have lost weight through Noom Weight, but everybody's journey is different. So your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. They are using specific principles of psychology like cognitive behavioral therapy. Maybe you've heard of CBT. Really, really works. It's all about progress, not perfection. There are no bad foods. You don't have to give up carbs. You don't restrict yourself because restriction, as we've all learned, just leads to cravings, right? If you have cravings or food FOMO, Noom Weight can help you lose weight while enjoying your favorite foods. And you can choose your level of support from five-minute daily check-ins to personal coaching. They've got groups, and it's grounded in science. Now, let me give you the facts. 95% 95% of customers say Noom Weight is a good long-term solution. It absolutely was for me. I lost 20 pounds, kept it off. I'm ready for the next 20. Lisa lost 15 pounds, has kept it off. She can't lose any more. I won't let her. But she, she's really loving it. We have listeners. I've, I've mentioned before one of our uh, chatters 
was on the cruise with us in uh, in Alaska last summer. I uh, I sent him a note. I said, where are you? I thought you were going to be on the cruise. He said, I'm standing right next to you. I did not recognize him. Lost 60 pounds and has kept it off. He looks great. Thanks to Noom. Uh, Brianna Wu, 100 pounds. Have you seen her lately? 100 pounds. I don't even know if she had to lose 100 pounds. She loves Noom. They published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles to inform users and practitioners and scientists and the public about their methods and effectiveness peer reviewed so it's you know it's not it's not marketing materials it's actual important stuff stay focused on what's important to you with noom weights psychology based approach sign up for your trial today noom n double o m noom.com/twit i am a living symbol i believe in it man this thing is so great it's so great N-O-O-M.com slash twit. Sign up for your trial today. Check out their book, too. They got their first book coming out. You can pre-order it. Oh, no, it's available now. Yay. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Good. I'm going to get my copy. The New Mindset, a deep dive into the psychology of behavior change. It really works. Love them. Thank you, Noom. Noom, N-O-O-M.com slash twit. All right. I wouldn't Make mind me- losing 100 pounds. You can do it. I really, I really need It's to. hard because really you have to, to eat in a refectory where they serve you day-old eggs. Oh, those eggs are awesome. I mean, Vatican <laughs> eggs. They're the, they're the pasta. I've seen your pictures. They're bad. We just, Actually, we just fired our entire kitchen staff. What? Really? Well, we, we got them. You don't fire in, in Italy. We got them new jobs, uh-huh. and we've replaced them. Yeah, that's what they're saying. At the Twitter folks who got fired in Europe say, you can't fire you can't. us. No, no. This is Europe. Job protection is really, really They haven't strong. paid them severance either, though. Yeah, I yeah. know. Mm. But the, the difference is the European courts will absolutely slam must yeah. for that. Yeah. Uh, they believe in in. Um, I have in to think he's just looking for the escape hatch at this point. Basically, yeah. I mean, he has dumped in uh, aside from the purchase uh, price and not including all the value that Tesla has lost. He's dumped in about eight billion dollars just to keep Twitter afloat. Over and above his forty-four billion dollars. Over and above. And he's got interest coming up of yeah, more than a billion. One point four billion dollars is what the interest payment will be at the end of the year. Uh, he he's has got to feel a little trapped right now. He's very trapped. I, I mean, notice he's not tweeting as much. He's not. But I mean, if you look at it, so ninety-two percent of his revenue came from ads. He was two hundred million dollars in the hole in Twitter's best year. It has not been their best year. He's lost about conservatively thirty-five to forty-five percent of his highest advertisers. Uh, which means that even with all the job cuts, if you include the debt that has been added onto Twitter, it's a minimum of $2 billion in the hole a year. And that there's doesn't. There's no way to make that money. There's no there's way to make zero that. way to it make that money. It is completely unsustainable. I'm sure he's looking for an escape hatch. He might yeah. be thinking about launching himself on a Falcon Heavy <laughs> to the moon. I don't know. <laughs> his, his tweet an hour ago, I think he's listening to the show Instagram makes people depressed and Twitter makes people angry. Which is better? <laughs> You Elon know, Musk, uh, come on Twit. I know, exactly. Come on, guy. Explain your side of it. Tell us what your what your plan is. Yeah, Elon, meet the real chief Twit. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. No, I don't think he wants to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's, that's the, the, see that big laptop, Leo? Yeah, the one below. Yeah. Grab that one. So these are uh, Chromebooks that uh, Acer gave me. I, uh, Chromebooks? I, these are not Windows machines. Those are not Windows machines, but the, this the, is a big... Uh, God, you can make a sandwich out of those. This that, is a backbeat. It's got like one on either side. 
A 16-inch. Oh. It's a beautiful screen. It's got both Mario. Does yeah. it have Luigi? It's Well, this is a gaming. It's a gaming Chromebook. This is designed oh. for gaming. Does it have Luigi? Yeah, it sounds good. It looks good. It's got that all-day battery life, you know, 14 hours it's on actually, a single charge. Really, is it an a IPS screen? It looks That's really an IPS nice. screen. This yeah. one's got an i5 it in it. And look look how it has the WASM lit up. So oh, of play. course. you got to get your WASDs. WASD, I yeah. yeah. Now, uh, and it's, of course, it's an RGB keyboard, so in the night you know exactly what you need to put, punch. It's not a touchscreen. But it, I got to punch Luigi. No, who's that? I want to punch that other guy. I hate him. Oh, uh, Bowser. Wario? Oh, yeah, Wario's no, no, no hero either. Yeah. This is nice. That's a Chromebook. How this, much? The, uh, 600. That's not bad. That's not bad. And it's, it's actually a, premium it's Chromebook. a very, very nice machine. I was surprised because when I think of Chromebook, I think a uh, cheap build. 120 hertz screen. Yeah. One, 16 gigabytes of memory. It's got an i5 nice. in it. It's got a 256 gigabyte NVMe SSD. It's an IPS screen and that's you know, running 2560 by 1600. You can now run Linux on Chromebooks. Yeah. This could be a great Linux box. This might be my new uh, desktop. That's pretty nice. It's it's dedicated graphics, but it's Intel. It's Iris. It's the, new, it's right. the new Iris one. Right. Graphics, yeah. But they really sell this as sort of a cloud-based gaming book. So you've got uh, the NVIDIA service or the yeah. Amazon service. Sorry, Stadia. <laughs> oh, Oh, sorry, Stadia. Wait, wait. You had a Stadia, right? Yeah. Did you? Did they give you the parting gift? Uh, the you the Bluetooth upgrade to my Stadia right. controller. Yeah. So it now can be used yeah, anywhere. Thank you. That was a good thing to do. And that worm game they gave us. They gave nice. you the worms. There's a there's a. It's not the worms. It's a worms. <laughs> they had a a worm game they were using to test Stadia. That was the final drop. Oh, that next week. So go, sad. It's over. But just look at that screen. I, seriously. <laughs> I remember when I thought that high refresh rate screens were a gimmick. No, 120 hertz oh makes a difference. Oh my gosh, it makes Especially such a difference. Pretty good. Yeah, it looks so nice. Would you Would you game on this, uh, Paris? No, I'm not really a computer gamer. I spend so much time looking at my computer for work. Are you a that switch? I want to look at. I am a switch a person. I uh, I've been thinking about getting the Steam Deck as of late. No, I'm no, really no. excited. The new. Okay, I know, I know. You, Try and help me decide what I should get. Don't next, get. Guys. I had the Steam Deck. We bought it. Actually, Micah bought it, and uh, I played with it for a while. And it's big. It's heavy, but it's still a seven-inch screen. Yeah. If you're going to play those games, play them on a desktop. It's the nice thing about the Switch is it's games designed for that platform, and they're great. What's what are you yeah, playing right now? I mean, I'm I'm really excited for the new Fire Emblem that's coming out. I think either next week, within the next week or is so, on uh, Fire Emblem Engage, it's going to be on Switch. Yes, I believe it's a Nintendo exclusive. You know, this is going to be my uh, next couple quarters of gaming. New Zelda's coming out in May. Uh, okay. Quite you an were, exciting time. You were an Animal Crossing fan, were you not? I mean, I was certainly, I think, when Animal Crossing came out. That what saved else me for the first year of the pandemic. Yeah. That kept me alive. It was pretty fun. <laughs> At least I had a little village I could go to with with animals. <laughs> I got really into Disco Elysium a couple months ago. Oh, I know I'm okay. like two two years late to that game. But no, if no, you you're never late to that game. Connie is, everyone should. Connie is smiling benignly at us like you nerds. I, I live in a family surrounded by games. Oh, okay. I mean, there was that whole that whole period of time when Uncharted was going on in the background. And then <laughs> Last of Us, which I had to leave the room for. 
I you- personally, the game that I discovered during the pandemic was a deck of cards. Oh, that's nice. And now, whenever <laughs> we go anywhere, I love so wait, like, like on a on a Switch, a deck of cards on a Switch no, or an no. Xbox, uh, or Solitaire, the it, game on your phone. It's this oh, thing Nintendo work. used to do about a hundred years ago. <laughs> they made cardboard playing yeah, cards. People don't. Realize that yeah. I mentioned that fact once, and people are like, "No, that's that's not true." I'm like, yeah. "No, seriously, they used to make cards. Pokemon was a card game." So, so Connie, are you are your kids excited about the TV show The Last of Us, which comes out next week? Um, so it'd be my son. I I think he's a little busy in school right now. Uh-oh. I am curious. The reviews have been mixed on it. I, you know, there are things that have scared me in the past. And I have to say, just watching it's from scary. afar that game yeah, that scary. you played yeah. scared me. So, yeah, yeah. not it's on my, really not on my list. Now. It's a really good game. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Leo, um, I discovered a game during the pandemic. And um, you want to read the number of hours that, that's been played? So he's showing me his Steam login. Six hours. Oh, no, no. Oh, four million. Four, no, 4,661.6 Oxygen hours. not included. It's, it's addictive. It's uh, addictive. And what is the what is the premise of it? It's this? basically just like a colonization simulator. It, You're but, not doing Factorio anymore? I do Factorio, but uh, you know what? You had so, a, vac- a Vatican Factorio server. Yes. Well, but see, that that's a game that requires active participation. Yeah. Oxygen Not Included is more like an ant farm where you could set a bunch of stuff up and then just let it run and see if it's going to survive. Oh, I like this. Yeah. It's, so those fourth whatever million hours, they weren't you weren't sitting in front correct, of the screen the whole correct. time. Like it, was, it would run overnight and I'd wake up in the morning. Oh, this is cool. It's kind of like Factorio. Yeah. It looks like Fallout meets Factorio. And it's fun. Bit. It's yeah. it's really fun. It's single player only, so there's no there's okay, no multiplayer challenge. Can I play it on the Switch? Yes you can. <gasps> oh, it's Linux. Right. You can you can buy the used deck of cards from the casino <laughs> in Las Vegas. <laughs> At the dollar store for a dollar. What game what game, what card game do you play, Connie? Um, you know, sometimes we play war. Sometimes we play war. Um, Come poker. on, I mean, spades. All kinds of spades. No, wait, Connie. Do you have four players? Can you sp- can you play spades? You need four players. I yeah. No, I, it's usually my husband and myself traveling, and now we've made it a yeah. point going back to your app there about restaurants, finding cafes where we go and sit down, Perfect. get some coffee, and play. That's what Lisa cards. and I do. We always bring a deck of cards. We play cribbage. You ever play cribbage? There's an antiquated game. <laughs> now, on my my table game isn't so portable because I play mahjong, and that oh, I saw like you played mahjong with your family. Fifty pounds of tiles yeah. to do properly. That was the cutest picture of you and your dad yeah. was sitting there, and your mom, and you were playing uh, my mom mahjong. My mom cheats. Cheats at I'm mahjong right now, mom. I know you're cheating. Don't I know cheat. you're cheating? She wins way too much to not be cheating. Connie, is she you... like at least good at cheating? Does she have like a good bluff? Oh, she is. She is excellent. So mahjong, you're sitting. I, I've just seen people play beside behind like ivory tiles, correct, with Chinese characters and pictures of dragons and stuff on them. Mm-hmm. And then there's a pool in the middle. It kind of looks like Scrabble. It kind of looks like Scrabble, and it's it's you know it's it's a card game. So the whole idea is to get. Um, Four, what, five sets of th- of three. You're trying to organize And then a them. two, a set of two. Yeah. Because right. you have... Right, and then so you throw tiles 17. in and other people can okay. take tiles. Yeah. yeah. Okay, how can you cheat? Um, you look at what's under the... what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> I mean, if it was easy... You just got to pick your mom. mom up and give her a big kind of shaking shake hug and see if I some tiles, tiles fall out. in there. Yeah. And the, fun, the, the worst thing about it is 
she she's such a good winner that it's hard to be mad at her. She's like, oh, it looks like I won again. Oh, oh I'm sure you'll get it <laughs> next time. I'm like, oh. Connie, have you ever uh, played cribbage? I have not played cribbage. We are a backgammon family. Oh, backgammon's ah. nice. And then when you play cards, you play rummy? Gin? Uh, we, we play we play all sorts of things. I mean, Get a cribbage board. Strikes. I'm telling you, the yeah. re- I started playing cribbage in college because you could play it when you were really high. <laughs> it, 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 you don't, it does no... So wait, did you use the pegs or were there something else that you put in those? Yeah, ones? sure, you could do it. Well, we used to take bong hits on the turns, actually, now that you mention it. Um, the oh idea is you gain points, you have uh, hands, you could play from two to six players, and you uh, play the cards out and then you count your hands, and you can do it pretty high. And uh, and then it's whoever wins this little pegging uh, race, and it's really fun. That's not all. Courage boards look like the number. You 29. cannot play mahjong high. It will not. It will yeah, not no, you couldn't. You. No, and that's what I'm looking for in a game. To be honest, <laughs> okay, not anymore. But no, well, I mean, Leo, maybe this will work. Have you, have I you need tried? Merkle. You Merkle. Need Merkle. It's a Merkle. Huh? Merkle. It's a Merkle. <laughs> it it might also stop marijuana. I have. Uh, might stop your heart too. It might stop know. your heart, <laughs> but you're not drunk. Exactly on the, right? on the bright side. If you're dead, you don't have a hangover. <laughs> so I wanted to show you. Speaking of uh, Chat GPT and AI, I've been using a new search engine, which I'm starting to think might be my new Uh-oh. F- permanent search engine to place Google. You pay for it, five bucks a month. Okay. So there's no ads. Okay. Okay. It's called Neva. It's from former Google executives. But look at this. See this paragraph at the beginning. Instead of the Google wow. knowledge box that's stolen from Wikipedia. It uses a AI to generate a summary of a number of, and it gives you footnotes so you know where they came from. Uh, and, and this is actually a okay. very good I use of like it. Give that. me something to give me something. Let's see how does a pope get choose get chosen? Right, we all know the white smoke and all of that stuff. Let's see what it does here. Conclave, yeah, that, that no, but it didn't generate it. an AI thing. Oh, Religion wow. is too, uh, Maybe it's too, know, uh, yeah. Like, um, how do I quit smoking? <laughs> I don't know why I thought of white smoke and smoking, but I did. I actually heard that Merkel is actually pretty Merkel good. Merkel would do that? Yeah. Let's see. Mm-hmm. How do I quit drinking? And now it's, oh, you know what? Maybe it's, okay, never mind. It's, it's, never it's mind. Resting. Let's see. Does Merkel workle? Does well, me- <laughs> Merkel <laughs> work? Oh, you know what? It's auto completing it. Oh, here comes. Here comes. <gasps> Merkel is a free oh drinking goodness, pill that is said to break down up to 70% of alcohol <laughs> after 60 minutes. It's a probiotic supplement. Wow. And it's getting this from a variety of sources, including the sun. Oh, that's a great source there. <laughs> Never anything wrong there. But it, they actually do a pretty good job of saying, when you're talking about COVID information, which is, let's see, uh, does the COVID vaccine work? Let's see. This is a tough one for oh, search no. engines, oh, right? No. Oh, let's no. see what it says here. Um, I just, I think it's very, it's, it's, you know, it, it, notice it's a little slow. It's not as fast as Google. Okay, That's a hard so thing to do. It's giving precedence to CDC. That's not bad. So, and then like what that. it does see these verified things, it's at behind next to search results that are considered verified, you know, that reliable, it puts a little verified link. So I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, well, I, well, that means that uh, Elon Musk is going to buy this, and they're going to be able to buy be a very good. Tag for eight dollars a <laughs> month. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Stuff. Blue check. Yeah. So uh, you anyway. know, you know what uh, search engine was able to give me an answer to? Uh, how does a pope get chosen? No. Bing. 
Bing. God, they have pictures and everything. Am I the College I think of I might be the only twin person Bing? that uses Bing. You are definitely. It is my standard. Uh, Why? I just, I like How? splitting up my data. How? I, honestly, it gives me better results. I have to try it. I, are you sure? I, I have been using <laughs> I have been using it for eight years. Some skepticism here, Father. <laughs> Let's see what uh, Neva says about Bing. Bing is a search engine developed by Microsoft. By the way, it gets its result from Google. <laughs> it is designed to provide trusted search results fast, collect Microsoft rewards points. That's one of my problems with it. Track topics and trending stories. Take control of user privacy. That's not a bad... They could say, but we're better. But I no, like, they don't. No, you know, I, I just like, and also I like splitting up my data among some of the big players. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I want to use Neva. That's yeah. exactly right. That's Although exactly Google right. Google can't figure me out because I, I fuzz all my data. I it's know. got geolocated data in multiple languages from different parts of the world at the same time. Yeah. What else you got? Oh, here. You need this. Do no. I eat it or uh, it's does a it suppository? Help me so, I think you should just put it right in there. No questions. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! So open it up. Open oh. it up. It's these are it little says earbuds. Quiet on. Quiet on. on now, the top of it. Um, I know that you've you've pr- played with a few of these before. These are I just the for Bose, sleeping. I use the Bose, or I tried the Bose, and I still have them, but I never really use them. But they right. were Bose in ears. They basically take their existing Quiet Comfort, probably the thirty fives mm-hmm. and. Turn off the ability to play music, and all I could do is play tracks from your Bose app. Exactly, on your phone. And then that's a problem because most of the uh, the sleeping buds, what they do is they give you white noise. Yeah, At, or oceans, or ocean or jungles, and the, uh, they they've actually shown that any sort of noise does disrupt the sleep. You may be able to fall asleep, but you're not falling into as you know. Deep what I, I like about these are it's a lot smaller than the Bose, super small, and they and it looks light. like they fit into your ear well enough. See, I can't sleep with. Uh, yes. I sleep on my side. I can't sleep with these in. These are are um, better than flush, so you can side sleep in these, and you're not going to feel them pressing into your oh. ear. They use foam, so it gives you a nice seal. But instead of white noise, it's actual cancellation. So it's it's got little mics on the outside, and it's canceling the noise. Trademark that because I think there's a toilet manufacturer that wants to use better than flush. <laughs> For their slogan, so. that one of the urine uh, detector yeah, sensor yeah. things. Did you try any of those? Uh, I mean, not on the show floor. <laughs> <laughs> no peeing on the show floor. They, they actually had a. I and mean, that's demo. why it's always a good strategy. Just carry around a bottle of piss around. <laughs> the it's so that you're ready. Try everything. Say out. try yeah. this as you do. Am I pregnant? <laughs> And very important. And they go, Father, I think you should expect something okay. uh, delightful in uh, six months. You know, when I was still working at Twit, um, I would get blood work at the Quest Diagnostics here. Yes. Probably yeah. once every three months or so. Yeah. And every single time I went, there was always someone who wanted to buy my urine. What? Out yeah, front? Always. Yeah. Out front? To see me going, hey, man. They hey. see a priest. No, no, I'm not, I'm not dressed like this. They just want to buy anyone's urine. I'm like, well, I know what you're trying hey, to do, man. but. Yeah. Can you um, pee in this bottle for me? I'll exactly. give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> what do you go behind the sit stand behind a bush? No, that's why. I, for I now I just go out there with a bottle in my hand. <laughs> I'm just like, it's cold, man. Can you warm that up, man? <laughs> All right, I got to take a break. This is too much. Our show today brought to you by. We'll have more with our fabulous panel, Connie Guillamos, editor in chief of CNET. She is slumming with us, but we're very glad to have her. Thank you for spending some time with us. Paris Martineau, who is the great reporter of the information. Man, Wayne Ma had some great Apple stories the last couple of weeks. You guys. Wayne is insane. Breaking is news. 
truly one of the best reporters I've ever had. I am. I happily pay for the information. I think I did back when Ms. Lesson started it. Uh, and I have never stopped because your your stuff is so good, and I love your stuff. Paris. Yeah, we have a huge staff now. It's gotten you know? big, hasn't yeah. it? We got so many people over the course of the pandemic. When I started uh, in like mid twenty twenty, we had maybe two other people in New York. Now we've have such a large New York based staff. We've had to open an office. Like wow. previously, we were in a WeWork space. We outgrew that office. We had to renovate the floor oh, below. I am so and happy. now our. Uh, you know, pushing the limits of that. It's you got great. Amira Frati who does such great Google stuff. You've really got great people. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when Jessica Lesson started this, this was a big jump, big leap. Like, can you make it uh, with a you know kind of starting from scratch, four hundred dollar a year subscription uh, news service? And I bet you most people thought, well, fifty fifty. And certainly there were a lot of people who failed around that, including Rupert Murdoch. But uh, she's done such a great job. And now it's going to gangbusters. Yeah. I mean, and now, of course, everyone in news is pivoting to the subscription model because yep. Yep. advertising isn't forever. Yep. Are there no ads on the uh, information? I don't even notice. No, no we don't ads. have ads. I mean, I think that there are sometimes maybe like a message from a sponsor in a newsletter. But other than that. It's really no good. This is, re- yeah. wow, I'm so happy for you. That's fantastic. Very nice. Um, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, getting a job. What do you say? This is this is an interesting time, isn't it? Um, our show today brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This time of year is tough for any business. You've got new goals for the new year, but you've got to find the right people to accomplish them. And weirdly, uh, it's hard to find people. There is definitely a shortage of skilled jobs. Finding qualified candidates or adjusting to candidates' work preferences can be, you know, challenging. It's a challenge we all face. I could tell you what we use when it's time to hire. We use ZipRecruiter. And I have to say, when you are hiring, often that's the worst time to hire in a way. Because, you know, somebody, somebody leaves and then suddenly you're down a person. And at the same time as you're trying to, you know, hire somebody, you got to get that work done. And it's just nuts. ZipRecruiter is the place to go to get your hiring done. And I could say that with absolute confidence because it's what we use and it's worked so well for us. Right now, you can try it free. ZipRecruiter.com slash twit. Uh, about six months ago, our Ashley decided, our, our wonderful continuity person decided uh, to, to go somewhere else. She got I think she got a job closer to home. She didn't want to commute. Uh, gave us notice, but we said, how are we going to replace Ashley? We, we we placed an ad on ZipRecruiter, and one of the things that happens is ZipRecruiter, the first thing that happens, you're posting everywhere, to more than 100 job sites, to social networks, everywhere. But then something amazing kind of happens. And oh, incidentally, you know, don't fear posting all over the place because the wider you cast a net, more likely that perfect employee will see your posting. And But then you say, oh, well, I don't want 100 people calling me or mailing, putting, you know, email. It all goes to the ZipRecruiter interface, all of it, including the resumes, which they reformat so they're easy to scan. You can have automated screening questions to eliminate people who are just not right for the job. But then the magic happens at ZipRecruiter because they have this technology. What they do is they match the requirements of your job to those resumes and they find candidates who fit your needs and then tell you about them. At which point you get to decide, am I going to invite them? And I have to say, 
It's been our experience. When you send out a personal invite, hey, you look like you'd be right for this job. Would you be interested? Those people respond. They come to the interviews. They're, they're, it's a whole different experience because they're so happy to be, you know, welcomed in. And I, it's, we found, and this is often the case, Lisa posted it at breakfast. By lunch, we had three or four great candidates. In fact, the only challenge for us was figuring out which of the four, I think they interviewed, we ended up interviewing three or four people we were going to hire. We we hired Viva. She's fantastic. Thank you, Zip Recruiter. Uh, by the way, when you post, Zip Recruiter offers attention-grabbing labels that will let the uh, applicants know that you are flexible. Things like training provided. Those kinds of things really help. Zip Recruiter also has a user-friendly dashboard. Like I said, filter, review, rate your candidates in one place fast. Zip Recruiter, let them find the best people for all your roles. Four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day for us, usually within an hour or two. See for yourself. Go to our special address so you can try it for free, ziprecruiter.com slash twit. Ziprecruiter.com slash T-W-I-T. Zip Recruiter. Zip Recruiter, smartest way to hire. Zip Recruiter. Thank you, Zip Recruiter. I, I don't know why I'm making up a jingle for them. <laughs> I wonder if I could use Zip Recruiter to get more priests. I bet you could. Mm. I remember going on Christmas Eve to a mass many years ago, 20 years ago. There's a little church you probably know in San Francisco where they still do the mass in Latin. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a French church. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, it'd be fun to hear the mass in the, in the high Latin and the old, the old tongue. And uh, the whole sermon was, we need more priests. <laughs> anybody, want, anybody want to be a priest? We need more priests. And I thought, that's probably not the message you want to put out. It's, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. I mean, when I, when I entered the society uh, in 1994, we had... Have you been a priest that... Well, you weren't a priest yet, but right, that's right. when you started. That's when I started. Holy cow. So we had... Uh, wait, wait a minute. You were 12? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was an undisclosed age. I was already older. I had just I had graduated from college. <laughs> you were you and I we people don't know this maybe about you, but you were an IT professional yes. before you became a priest. Correct. That was your that was So that's thing. why you're so good at all this stuff. This right. was your, I brought it your in love. with me. I brought yeah. it in with me. Yeah. But we had almost thirty thousand Jesuits at that time around the world. Yeah. How and many? now we have about fourteen thousand. <gasps> oh, that is a crisis. Yeah. That's not good. Have you talked to Father Guido Sarducci? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he could help. No, I mean, I'm just, I'm going to form um, a uh, priest chat room. There you and, go. Uh, we'll just, Here's you know. my pitch. You uh, get chat GPT in there. You get a couple of these monitors there on wheels. Get some uh, metaverse uh, type things. You don't need legs to be a priest. Mm-hmm. I got a just thought. Hook up AI there. Are you really, are you really like, are you really locked in on that whole thing if they can only be a celibate man? <laughs> That's a lit to me. <laughs> That's a deal breaker. You know, I it, five years ago I could answer that question without fear of repercussion. Now let's it not would talk cause about an it. issue. Okay, no. I, I will say this. I will say this because uh, there has have been some very good discussions about the requirement for celibacy. Personally, and this is going to get me fired. I no, don't say it. I think the idea of women as priests. Which I love that come idea. faster. Some could yeah. come more quickly. Lisa's Episcopalian, Absolutely. and they have a, a yeah. lot of female uh, ministers, and they're great. They're great. Um, yeah, but um, I mean, it, it all happens with discernment. Connie, it all are you over time? How conservative are you about all of this stuff? You said. Oh, I think you, said you, you know, uh, female priest is a great idea. Yeah. Why would you cut off half the population right. of yeah. the world right. to serve? Yeah, that would help. 
It would help a lot. Yeah. It would help. And it, it's not just numbers for me. It's, you know, there is something that is very experiential about being man or being woman. And why would you cut out half of that That's from right. the priesthood? It's the same reason you want diversity in uh, the boardroom. You want diversity in the design room. You want... You want a variety of experiences, not just male and female. You want a variety of experiences in all technology because you're going to be selling products to all kinds of people. Why would you just want a bunch of, you know, white tech bros yeah. designing this yeah. stuff? Yeah. What? Why? Why the male thing? Do you? Is that obviously it's historic, but when did that start and why? Uh, I mean, it goes it back. Depends many years. on who you ask. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was based in patriarchy of the systems in which Catholicism was spreading. Right. And so naturally that's – but I mean you, if you go back far enough, you find communities in biblical times that were being led by women. Sure. So – The very yeah. earliest Christian communities, yeah. I'm sure. I, I don't want to kick off that debate. It, it's, it's something that I think well-reasoned and well-intentioned people should speak about. If you come in thinking I'm going to defend my position because I'm a male priest and therefore I always want male priests, it's not going to be beneficial to anybody. Right. Um, but, you know – that's fine. It might come to the point where our hand gets forced. It's sort of like, okay, well, you only want to have male priests. Fine. Here's five around the world. What are you going to do? Right. Well, and I know these are discussions that go on within the church. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of politics, believe it or yeah. not, uh, in all of this. Really? In religion? I know, I know right? <laughs> it's, Who knew? It's, go figure. I didn't uh, think so. Yeah. Um, but let's the, talk about the other religion. Uh, Apple? NFL. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say NFTs. NFTs. <laughs> no, there's a little too much faith in that one. Yeah, right? I know. I'm not that even we will touch NFTs. Religion. That's a failed yeah. religion. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Can failed. we write NFTs off? Is it done? Uh, the people who still are trying to unload NFTs. All the people who own them want to keep it going. Yeah. yeah. People, mm. I wouldn't buy. I don't think people are buying them anymore. Uh, well, the, uh, there is still trade, but it's it's a dying trade. Yeah. Uh, basically the people who are going to make money on NFTs have gotten their money. The people who are holding on to NFTs are hoping that it will bump a little bit so that they don't quite lose as much money. There's really no one getting into NFTs right, right now. Connie, you've been in this game a, a little while. Uh, what, it's one of the things that fascinates me. And one of the things I think uh, as an old timer, much older than you, obviously, but as an old timer, I bring to the table, which is I've seen a lot of technologies come and go. That at the time, people said, this is the next big thing, mm -hmm. like NFTs. You've, you probably have had the same, you must have had the same experience over the years. You know, one of them, absolutely. One of the most interesting examples, though, I, you know, I'm not ready to write off NFTs 100% because I think the use case in the future might be different. But I think about um, Corning, because I went and visited Corning in upstate New York several years ago on the fifth anniversary of the iPhone. Corning creates gorilla glass. That was the is the front of the the iPhone. Steve Jobs went and through their archives and found it and asked them to do a formulation. And gorilla glass, if you don't know, was originally designed as the toughest, strongest glass possible, and they were going to use it in windshields. But it was so tough and so strong that it actually was a hazard because if you bumped into the windshield, you could not get out of your car. You could <laughs> not escape. It didn't break. Wow. And so the use case for it for this tough, amazingly strong glass was wrong, but the glass was right. You, you actually want tempered glass or glass that pimples, right? So that if you have to evacuate your car in an emergency, you are not trapped <laughs> in a box. 
of impenetrable glass. And so it took someone finding an application for it, whatever, 30, 40 it, years it's later. It's my understanding that they were about to shut the factory down. They were going oh, out of the business. Who, Corning? Yeah, not out of business Corning, but out of the Gorilla Glass business. They couldn't find a market oh, for it. Yeah, I don't think they, they really manufactured it in bulk at all. Yeah. They, their, their glass is used in a lot of things, Corning, and including LCD displays, which... You know, there's a big market for that. But anyway, my, my point is that sometimes people design products that are, are ahead of their time because the use case isn't there, right? And the guy who invented the very weak glue at 3M that ended up being the right glue. For <laughs> it was a ladder. Right? It was going to be right. for the steps on the step ladder so you wouldn't <laughs> slip off. But it wasn't. It didn't work so good. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is the use case for yes, NFTs that's a good today point. as a vehicle to make people a lot of money yeah. and basically create a pyramid scheme, I think we're all done with and yeah. I think it's over. But I don't know what the future application of that tech could possibly be. And that's the interesting thing about technology is that somebody in the future can find in a new adaptive use for it. And so that's it is a joke today, but I think it's kind of interesting, uh, and we'll see how it comes back. Yeah. Maybe not in our lifetimes, Leo, but <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Steve Jobs uh, told the story of going uh, to Corning, New York, to meet with the CEO of Corning, uh, because at the time they were going to put the, uh, the iPhone screen was going to be plastic, but it scratched terribly. The problem was, yeah, you could replace it with glass, but glass shatters. I think we've learned that the last shatters. But at the time, uh, people were very worried about that. So he went to went to Corning, and he and he, he uh, weeks the uh, CEO Wendell Weeks had told Jobs about Gorilla Glass, but he said, "But I'm not set up to mass produce it. We don't have the factories." Jobs said, "Don't be afraid. <laughs> you can do this." <laughs> and and basically, I think paid them to open up a factory and make Gorilla Glass by ordering tons of it. For the longest time, they didn't admit it was Gorilla Glass, by the way. That's right. Apple didn't say it was Gorilla didn't Glass. Didn't they call it Sapphire? Yeah, they had all sorts of names for it. Uh, but that was Gorilla Glass, then Gorilla Glass 2, and then Gorilla Glass 3, and we've gotten better and better and better. There was it. a CES that Corning came to just so they could tell people, no, we are the glass. That's right. That that was their big marketing Apple campaign. Apple didn't want anybody to know. Oh, right. no, we, it's all, uh, we do it all ourselves. Yeah, that's the story. But yeah, that was a great... Designed a, in a, California. A great, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Designed in Corning, New York. Uh, yeah, in fact, we had... Corning was a sponsor for some time. They made... Uh, they make fiber optic cables. That's we right. had some of their fiber optic cables. Yeah, we had the Buntwyatt. Yeah, they, they were, were great. They were that was sponsor, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, uh, that... You know, funny story. Corning ware, remember? Yeah. That you can bake in your oven. Started out as missile cones. <laughs> the top of missiles. <laughs> It was indestructible, and it could—it was very, very heat resistant, and so then it ended up being turned into. That was, I yeah. had okay. no idea. I love that. Isn't that hysterical? Now uh, and, on missiles, they just put iPhones on the. They're on the perfect. Yeah. Perfect for that. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. I was going to talk about the NFL playoffs. Who cares? Uh, football's going on this weekend. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We really uh, derailed that later. Yeah, I probably talked about uh, glass. The football fan in the studio is a little upset right one now. One guy here, one guy. Uh, HDR 4K for the first time, uh, especially the HDR. That's new. I think we had 4K. Uh, in other, we've had a 4K in other sports. Um, it is 1080p up 
upconverted. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Whenever they say they're broadcasting in 4K, they're not. Because they don't have the cameras, and more importantly, they don't have the truck. It's a special yeah. truck that you have to have, and it's a very different workflow. Well, I mean, once it gets to your distributor, they're going to sample it down because they don't want to use up all their bandwidth for multiple 4K well, streams. that's why Fox is doing it, because they have that app. Yeah. And they do stream it in a high-quality app. And apparently they've made deals with a lot of cable companies because guess what? There are a lot of people with 4K HDR TVs that are a little miffed that they're watching these games at 720p, 30 frames a second. Uh, 42 cameras at the championship games that are going on this weekend. In fact, right now, don't go watch them. Stop. Uh, 42 cameras with aerial cameras, sky cams, line-to-game cameras, double carts on both sidelines. You've seen those? Have you mm-hmm. seen those? They actually have, like, trucks with uh, scissor lifts on them. Have you you've seen that, Ant, right? And they're going back and forth in the sideline. I love the USFL. They've got drone shots yes. now. And the drones, it's weird on the USFL, which is coming in the spring, I think. <laughs> I watched it last year. I think they should year. put a camera in the ball. That's my pitch. Oh, why if don't doesn't they? Watch they, have sports, a, they have them in the camera pylon. Camera right in there. Put it yeah. in the ball. You're right. Watch it. Ah! You can watch the ball. Go. In ah! helmets. <laughs> In people's helmets. They have so mics in the see. helmets. Yeah, let's see it. Yeah. Camera the, in the helmet. This was weird in the USFL. The drone would fly into the huddle. They literally, <laughs> you could see this. There would be a drone in the huddle, and then they'd break, and the drone would skitch back, and then be right behind the quarterback and follow the play. I don't know if I want a drone flying next to my players. <laughs> I, they're light. Uh, okay. I think they have helmet cams in the USFL as well. I think they're doing that. Because that's how you kind of jump on the bandwagon i was a little disappointed that apple did not uh, score the sunday ticket and i think some of this was because apple wanted to do some interesting things and the nfl said no youtube tv will have nfl sunday ticket uh starting in the fall uh the next uh, nfl season but there is a rumor now that apple is trying to get premier league so apple did get major league soccer the u.s small time uh soccer for 10 years and uh, it's a good, but now there's a rumor that Apple is going to bid for the English Premier League, which arguably is the no interest either in this either. Huh? Is that where Richmond AFC plays? Oh, is that uh, Rich? Is that uh, that's, uh, that's Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso. That's a <laughs> fake team, right? You almost got me there. Actually, Wrexham is the team that's owned by uh, Ryan Reynolds. That's right. That's right. And well, it's Ryan Reynolds and the guy Rob from uh, Mac- Philadelphia, Rob McElhaney. Yeah. yeah. The Daily Mail, bastion of truth in journalism, okay, maybe not, says Apple's gearing up to bid on a package of English English Premier League football soccer streaming rights, which is about to come up for renewal. I think it's very interesting. I want these tech companies actually to show what technology can do in the coverage of these games. Apple failed miserably with Friday Night Baseball. It was god-awful. But... The deal will cost what Apple. What did they do to mess up Friday Night Baseball? Make it How more boring. They made it yep. more boring. <laughs> that they just add boring. an extra like three hours. Yeah, they made it longer. I've gotten used to the coverage that I get over in Europe. What's that like? Of baseball, there's, there's none. No, no, but like of F1 and of soccer where there's no commentator. You get the crowd sounds. They just that's show it. the I race. love that. I love You don't that. have Crofty? No. It's lights out in Monza. <laughs> no. That's the best part of F1. I mean, I, I, I like that on the replays, but uh, for the race proper? It's, it's so quiet. Yeah. We're just watching the cars go round and round. <laughs> the deal will cost Apple a quarter of a billion dollars a year, according to the Daily Mail. 
Um, but that's for U.S. only. Any English bid for domestic U.K. rights would be billions a year. This is the number one sport. Billions and billions, billions and billions. Oh, that didn't gain any interest. Let's see what else I can do. Have you heard about Corning Glass? <laughs> <laughs> can I just tell you, if you are in upstate New York, you should go visit Corning because it is fascinating. Their claim to fame is that they made the machine that produced Thomas Edison's light bulbs. And the guy who created that machine to mass produce light bulbs created such a perfect machine that it is still the same machine that is used today. They haven't altered the design. Whoa. That's how fascinating glasses actually on the other coast there is another edison related uh story there is one edison bulb that has been burning for more than a century that's the one in the firehouse the firehouse in my hometown of fremont is it still burning it's still there you can still visit it we used to when i this is 30 years ago when i was working mm-hmm. at knbr we would do a, a weekly check to see it if the light still bulb was still it's on. still there okay I mean, unless the firehouse burns down. And my Philips Hue is burning on (laughs) after like three years. (laughs) Have you noticed that? I've got regular LED bulbs and then I've got smart LED bulbs in in, uh, Rome. And all of the smart ones have burnt out, like within three years. See, that's the thing is it hasn't like totally burnt out. You know, the Philips Hue, the color ones, they have a range of colors. About half the range is gone where it's just not really what you want. To where it's only kind of the awful light that makes you feel like you're in a cafeteria, which I think is the worst way for one of these bulbs <laughs> Wait, to burn so out. This is a good tangent for a conversation about sustainability, which oh, is yes, yes. lots of products in the olden times were designed to last a long time. But in recent times, those products are designed to live a very short life. Well, of they're course. intended to be disposable. So there is a movement in the tech industry and some of the people at CS this year we're talking about is to create products that are replaced with replaceable parts so that you can actually replace the parts or that are refurbishable so that you can actually buy one without feeling guilty that you're buying an old gen, whatever. And this bit for nostalgia, somebody was talking about, you know, old tech being interested, right? Digital cameras are coming back into the fore and, you know, the, the kids have liked, um, you know, uh, Insta, Instagram camera, not Instagram. What are they called? You know, you push the button. The Insta- the Pol- Polaroids, the Instax. Polaroids, yes. Yeah. Thank you. So what's old is is not necessarily mean that it's bad, but it's your light bulb problem is that if those light bulb manufacturers created a light bulb that lasts 30 years, they would be out of business yeah. after they saturated the I always market, thought so there's a little bit of, I mean, they always yeah. said that, oh, yeah, they could make gasoline out of water that would, and they always say that. And I always wonder if that's, if that's. You uh, can make combustibles out of air. There is a thing called solar jet that just uses heat and pressure to. When are we getting a Mr. Fusion? Well, the problem is the, you, the <laughs> amount of energy that you have to put in is more than the energy oh, that yeah, you get out. Right. Yeah. Not so anymore. They, the, 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 the fusion, right. So that's, that's the thing that people missed about that fusion story. Yes, it's nice to have a lot of energy that you're generating, but it's what that energy generation will allow you to do. You can then do efficient and inexpensive generation of fuel from atmospheric air. Yeah. You can then move to a hydrogen Based uh, uh, fuel you can system, take water from the ocean, right? Because it's really easy to uh, yeah, easy to electrolyze, right? So yeah, there's there's a knock on. I'm sorry to say, I've gone to centennialbulb.org, <laughs> oh, no. which is the website <laughs> okay, that looks like it was designed in 1910. 
When a website's like this, you know it's going to be some good stuff. It's, yeah, this That's, is a time capsule. I have to say, though, there is a, a broken link here. They, I don't know if they're using Flash or if the light bulb it's has actually flash. gone out. No, no, you know what it is. Oh, it's it's one of those it. little uh, Logitech quick ball cams yeah. that we used to use on yeah, tech TV. Yeah, pretty old. That's, that's probably what it's but using. But you can email them at centennialbulb at hotmail.com. Just, just ask, hey, can you send me a picture of the bulb? I'm going to sign the guest book just to say I was here. <laughs> wow. The only thing missing from this website is a mailbox with a uh, animated opening and closing. Oh, or, or how about uh, at the bottom, under construction, a guy with a jackhammer. Jackhammer. <laughs> it's, uh, this is the top 5% of the web, I'm guessing. Hey, you know, we all used to make sites like this 20 oh, yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. Look at that animated mm-hmm. GIF. And the lights here. Look at that. The, the lights are lighting up down here. But That's no, state the of the camera. art. That's, it's lit, guys. That is state the of the art. The camera is dead. Oh my god! I think that site just gave me a virus. Not my computer. I think me. It gave me a virus. CES couldn't do it. But uh, the light bulb. YouTube is, by the way, uh, I was mentioning YouTube TV. In fact, I pay twenty bucks extra a month for four K content that doesn't exist on YouTube TV. Why? 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 It started back in the Olympics. Those are over for a long time. (laughs) You can you can stop. You know. I know. I'm just an idiot. Uh, occasionally, like this, they have a 4K. The Super Bowl is going to be in 4K. I'll be able to see it on my YouTube TV in 4K, sort of. Leo, how many streaming subscriptions uh, do you think you have active how right many? now? All, all of them? them? Yeah. All of them? Yeah, because if you could write it off as a business expense, you'd probably have them all, too. Yeah. And Leo is actually the only I mean, person on the planet who isn't sharing passwords. He actually owns all his <laughs> accounts. Yeah. I don't share anybody's passwords. I might be sharing my passwords with my children who are just leeches. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> you t- No. Uh, I think so. I don't know why. You know why? I think that my kids have my uh, Netflix password because every once in a while it'll say, well, you're only halfway through that reality show about naked people on uh, an yeah. island. Yeah. Would you like to watch some more? And I'm going, I don't Which think, one? <laughs> I don't think I'm watching that one. <laughs> anyway, YouTube is testing a hub of free cable-style channels. I think this has been a secret goal of Google all along. Yes. Uh, already. Right, I need more content with ads. <sighs> but they already have everybody under 30, right? That's where they watch TV nowadays. Um, they're talking to media companies to feature their TV shows and films in a hub of, you guessed it, ad-supported channels. It, this is the hot new thing in the industry. Fast, free ad-supported TV. Roku's got it. There's Tubi. That's a Fox entity. Pluto, which is owned by Paramount. Uh, free TV, which is Amazon's answer to all this. Um... It's so funny because we started watching Netflix uh, because there were no ads, right? You could watch The yep. Office, no ads. And the industry. Now you can't watch The Office. Now you can't. You can't watch without ads. The industry has been doing everything they can <laughs> to bring them back. To bring them back. The, the kicker for me was when Hulu started offering its subscription with the ads. Yeah. And because that that was the precursor for all the others, that was the test. Is this is this a low enough pain point that people will buy into it? And unfortunately, people did. They kept yeah. buying Hulu, and so therefore, everyone does it now. But I'm wondering what is enough. Like for me, 
I've got Amazon Prime because Amazon Prime in Europe is ridiculously cheap. It costs me $30 a month. Oh, sorry, $30 a year to be Amazon Prime. Because you're a Prime member anyway. You get the two-day delivery. Well, no, that's that's – so the subscription in Europe is 30 euros. Just for the TV? No, for everything. For, for Amazon us, Prime. Cheap. Right. But um, it's, it's, like, it's like, what, 130 bucks a year or something? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, no. I think, aren't we up? We're above that now, right? I think they just, I think it's 140. I think yeah. they, just they, they just jacked it up. Holy cow. So I've got that. But, I mean, the thing is, they're Disney. trying to increase membership in places like Italy. Yeah. In Europe, really oh. the only other place in Europe where Amazon has a big, like, prime subscriber base is Germany. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. we should mention Paris covers Amazon, so she knows about this stuff. It's true. Um, 149 checks. Which, which by the way, in, in Italy, because of the, the way that the rights work, I get all of Paramount. So all the oh. all the Star Trek stuff, I, that's nice. part of my basic subscription. Damn. Uh, and that's great. I'm moving to Italy. I you get pasta, <laughs> uh, um, you get yo, Prosecco, yo, we and have, you get Star Wars. I've got a 10 gig line and a VPN. So, I mean, oh, I'm just, oof. just saying. Oh, <laughs> just log into the just Vatican. Log in. <laughs> what? This guy in the Vatican's watching all these reality shows about <laughs> naked people on an island. What's going on? Now, the trick to watching with a v- VPN is you want to use one of the services that let you, lets you download the entire episode so you're not streaming it over the VPN. Oh, is that the secret? That's the secret. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense because I've been having a lot of it's VPN season upcoming for me oh, uh, because it, this new season of Love Island is about to start. Is that the uh, one with which, naked people on an island? I mean, I not, thought that was naked and not, afraid. No, they're bikini. That's naked and afraid. There's, a, there's a lot bikini of clad. Yeah. So this is like they're the bachelor. Bachelor. That's plus the one I was talking about. Are you using my this Netflix password? This one's kind password? of like Big Brother. I mean, only on weekends, Leo. You know, <laughs> only on weekends. Um, so the whole yeah. idea is, it's a bunch of good-looking young people in in uh, swimwear. In swimwear, but the thing that's interesting about it, I would to not me do well least, on the show. Is it is it goes on for basically like fifty days straight, and they right can't now, have sex, people are, right? Well, I mean, they could. That's a different one. That's oh, called that's Too Hot to Handle. Oh, that goes, so on, the, that goes in, on the pay channel. That's different. A lot of they are in essentially like a Big Brother house, like okay. where there are cameras yeah. on every like inch yeah. of it. And these people are filmed 24 hours a day. And uh, you get like tomorrow, we'll get the episode of what happened on Love Island like right now. Um, and so every single day, oh, they it's put out a new episode. It is Oh, fast look, between like, some days there's 29 there's not, episodes holy cow because you get all the content for in the uk like 55 days straight and oh i think it's kind God. of interesting it's, daily, it's not that edited you know i yeah. don't, i don't yeah. judge the content that other people watch because i watch some pretty trashy content so if, mm-hmm. if you enjoy it and it you know runs i, I thought there might be a, a you know coming in that <laughs> but yeah. no, no 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 this is okay i get it i understand not highbrow in any way, but it's kind of. In- I think it's kind of interesting to see, even from an editorial perspective, how you put together just live what is happening on a small, like in a small villa for fifty days. Interesting. It is taking over television, isn't it? It's the last. Because it, well, it's cheap. Of commercials, it's, it's not so just because it's cheap, cheap. It works. People yeah. watch it. Well, I, I got one. Uh, the um, border security shows that they have on Amazon. Where they're basically they're showing you customs at an That's airport. That's a dystopian sense. It's a the terrible show. Shows on Amazon. It's terrible content, but I will have it on the background when I'm like working on something because it's 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 a big shot of Schadenfreude. What? It, Wait a minute. It sounds Are you like teasing? the Truman Show. No, no, yeah. I'm dead serious. There's like five different versions of that, and they do like nine different countries. There's border security, border security Dubai, border security five. Canada. 
Phony tourists here to work. Yeah. Belligerent visitors smuggling contraband. Toys packed with heroin. It is absolute bottom feeder content, but it's addictive. <laughs> this it's is like addictive. cops, but like... With human bones human are found bones. inside right. luggage. So, I mean, I watch this. Actually, so this can I good. really criticize someone who wants to watch an island filled with attractive young people? Border security, America's front line. <laughs> wow. Is there nothing that they won't turn into a reality show? We haven't done it for the Vatican yet, although I tried to pitch it. That uh, College of Cardinals. Right. Next time you got to vote. <laughs> there have been a number of movies. Shoes of the Fisherman. Uh, there have been TV shows all dramatizing what goes on. I was actually just going to call it Love Island. But, <laughs> but they, they weren't true. big on that. Yeah. Yeah. Cardinal Filippi, why do you want to vote for Cardinal Verducci? I love him. It's going to be great. That quote from John the 23rd. I can't acquit you. What's they the they asked him, how many people work in the Vatican? And he said, about half. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> oh, forget tech news. Wait a minute. What's the Synology bag over here? <laughs> no, no. That was just one of the... You're teasing me because you know I have a, I love my Synology. They were supposed to send me a NAS and it didn't arrive. Instead, oh, I got the... Uh, velvet bag. I got the SSDs that go into this, into the new they Synology. Sent you the, well, that's cool. Yeah. These are the things that really cost you money. You yeah. buy a Synology, you buy a bunch of hard drives, and they say, oh, one more thing. Right. <laughs> So th they sent me the drives. Now, the cool thing is the new versions, they have a 10 gigabit Ethernet connection. Oh, nice. So you and that's what you ooh, have in right. Italy. No, but uh, they just, when I went by the booth, they just gave me what is essentially an iFixit kit. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> I love that. What else you got? Well, okay. Give me something good. This is practical. This is practical. This is something you could use. Yeah. I know you like it's a fanny your pack. man purse. It's a fanny pack. I was going to say, it does seem like a fanny pack. It is a fanny pack, yeah. but I was looking for something that held all the tech, and I don't like a fanny pack. So in fact, this is a Merce. They call it a sling. This is a bolster. And uh, yeah, it, it works. Actually, you know I'm a, kind of a fan of uh, bags. I know, right? That's why I brought purses. it in. So this uh, goes over my, it's like a uh, messenger bag. You can go over, over the shoulder or you can, uh, there's an, a, another strap. You can go around your waist. So you just choose how you want to wear it. Looks like a man's ear, to be yeah, honest yeah. With it's, you. it's really designed to be like diagonal. Well, <laughs> Maybe. Wow, yeah, you're really rocking that. Yeah. Hey, I'm a tech pro. Can you tell? <laughs> I, you know, if you want, you can take that with you. You can no, use that no, in Rome. No, no, no. I don't think so. I, I don't you don't have to carry your 28 phones, Leo. Oh, you know, just have true. them all in yeah. there. This wouldn't hold all my phones. Uh, it might. You could get another one. Actually, no, that's why you need this. This is the, the <laughs> This is thing. the one thing I thought was really cool. You did this... Uh, Video piece for us last week on Ask the Tech Guys. And this, of all the things, all the real cool gear, including the miracle, miracle. this is the one I was interested in. So this this is a MagSafe. It's a MagSafe thing. It, so, okay, let me take my phone out so I can, so you can, it just flips, it hangs onto the phone. Is MagSafe strong enough to put my wallet in there? I mean, Nick, should I trust that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can actually Probably. hold it by the, the, the holder. It's got a little uh, yeah. pop socket kind of. It does come off, but it's supposed to so it to just off. holds your cards? Well, no, yeah, holds your cards. But what I like about this, this I use this at CES. This is an NFT device. So it has my business That's card on it. Really? So NFT? Rather, right. Oh. So rather than giving someone my business card. NFC, not NFT. Oh, sorry, NFC. <laughs> Let's make that very clear. Whoa. How would you like to buy this? <laughs> no, so you... You can you, put it on the blockchain. You put, yeah, <laughs> 
you put your uh, business card on 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 it or no? Right, right. So you it, put a link to you it. You put the link to it, and so you tap it to the back of someone's phone, and they have their contact information. Which That's is so, so cool. much better than business cards. That's fun. Yeah, who wants all that? Paper? You must have done this. I just got back and started sorting yeah, all my business cards, and, and half of them I couldn't remember yeah. which representative belonged to which company. Yeah. yeah. Does it have to be purple? No, I just chose that because I I like purple. <laughs> well, look, it matches the color right behind me. Yeah. That's good. Oh, all right. I want to take a little break because it's getting late, and Connie has places to be and. <laughs> things to do and a teenage son to monitor but our show today i do want to mention is brought to you by we were talking about ryan reynolds oh and his chat gpt ad Ooh. which was hysterical uh mint mobile big fan of mint mobile you use you said you use it i do not in italy no i but i need a new when, you get when home. I come into the states yeah right? mint mobile is brilliant it is a phone company with no stores no physical presence, but they take all the money they save that and their cheesy ad campaign. They save a lot of money there ads. and they put that money into your pocket. If you're saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for this year. That's a very good resolution. Why are you still paying insane amounts of money for your phone bill? Just think what your cell phone bill is. A hundred bucks a month, under 20 bucks a month. Mine, you know, sneakily, slowly has been inching up every month getting close to 200 bucks a month but mint mobile nope 15 dollars a month all in that's nationwide unlimited talk and text plus high speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5g network it's not a secret t-mobile so if you get good t-mobile service where you are this is absolutely a no-brainer premium wireless for 15 bucks a month and that's it there's no secret fees no added things oh you got to pay for that no that's it because they're online only, they eliminate the traditional cost of retail and they can pass those savings on to you. You could bring your own phone. Mint Mobile now supports eSIM. So if you've got an eSIM enabled phone, you don't even have to get them to send you a SIM card. But if you need one, they will send you one for free. They don't charge you. They also sell phones at amazing prices. I got an iPhone SE and Mint Mobile complete, 30 bucks a month. New phone and Mint Mobile service. Four gigabytes of data for 15 bucks a month. Need more? How about 20 bucks for 10 gigabytes? Nobody needs more than 10 gigabytes a month. Okay, 15 gigabytes, that's $25 a month. What are you paying? They even have an unlimited plan. Mint Mobile, and they have that modern family plan that lets you mix and match data plans so everybody gets what's right for them. All you need is two lines and you don't even have to be in the same family. Just be good friends. Just be good friends. With Mint Mobile, choose the amount of monthly data that's right for you and stop paying for data you never use. This is absolutely a no-brainer. Mint Mobile premium wireless service starts at 15 bucks a month. Get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash twit. Mintmobile.com slash twit. Again, cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month and they'll ship it to you for free. We, I am such a huge fan of Mint Mobile. Uh, it's like, why do you pay anymore? I feel like I have to have all the different carriers so oh, I course. can tell people yeah. what's wrong with them all. I've never had to say things wrong with Mint Mobile. It's just great. Mintmobile.com slash twin. And do, if you can, they've been showing it on the football games and stuff. Ryan's uh, <laughs> chat GPT written ad. It's actually really good. 
He's entertaining. I think he's so fun. He's so what he did that was smart is he started an ad agency. He did. He did. And that was that's like brilliant. No, all these movie stars are buying tequila cups. He bought aviation gin. Mm-hmm. But then he said, you know, I should start an ad agency. And he's actually, I think he's done better on he's that than his movie it. career. Yes. I mean, he's really good at it. And he owns Mint Mobile. Mintmobile.com slash twit. At first, by the way, I did some research. I thought, oh, it's, you know, here, we'll give you 5% of the company right, to do our right. ads or something. No, he owns more than 50%. He is literally a controlling owner mm-hmm. of Mint Mobile, which is hysterical. What I like about when I made my first uh, subscription to Mint Mobile they sent me two extra SIM cards, and That's I just keep nice. those with me. So yes. every time I come back into the United States, when I hit the U.S., I just pop the SIM in, I activate the card, and I'm good to go. And then they send me another card. So I only pay for the months that I'm actually in the United it's States. It's, it's a great service. We had a great week this week on Twit. Did you see all of it? I bet you missed a few things, but fortunately, we have a lovely little movie we've prepared for your entertainment. We're going to sit down and enjoy some quality time with the wonderful Miss Stacey Higginbotham as we have our book club. Uh, Which Leo slept through. Andy Weir's I was supposed Project to be there. Mary. I know we don't have alcohol, but we all have opinions. Yes, so, so true. Let's, should we start off, Aunt? Did you hate this book? No, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Previously on Twitter. Is that the first one you didn't hate? All about Android. Motorola, as he has announced, 30 years of the Lenovo ThinkPad. And now Motorola is releasing the ThinkPhone. So That's they're kind of, you know, doing I'd this like, like collaborative uh, thing to give you serious ThinkPad vibes iOS today. It's time to talk about some of the most productive, uh, well, most creative. Most useful apps for your iPhone and your iPad. DaVinci Resolve. Security Now. Rob tweeted to me. He said, all right, Steve, you asked and I delivered. I wrote a PowerShell script to parse the XML file that is your LastPass vault. So I replied, holy crap, Rob, you're a PowerShell wizard. To which Rob replied, not sure I can claim the title of wizard, though. I had Chat GPT do most of the heavy lifting. <laughs> Maybe Chat GPT is a PowerShell wizard. Twit. It is. Tech just like you like it. It's kind of amazing. PowerShell did all that. A couple of re- remaining stories at the bo- they sank to the bottom. Of Let's course. get them all in real quick. Yep. Goldman Sachs wah, wah. lost a billion dollars. On the Apple card? Yep, yep. How incompetent do you have to be to lose money on the Apple card? So that's opportunity cost. Uh, Essentially, they have to set aside enough money to cover any bad loans that are are being put onto the Apple card. It's so hard to get an Apple card. Right. You got to have perfect credit. It's hard to get... Even a credit limit above, you know, yeah. I saw some people getting a credit limit of a couple hundred dollars. You can't buy anything in an Apple store but, for but 200 bucks. That's the problem because most of those credit cards work on mar- razor thin margins, uh, but huge volumes. And Apple card does not have They that. couldn't give them the volume they need. Right. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of sad. I, it's, it's part of a larger story. I love story. my Apple card. Yeah. Me too. I use it. I buy groceries with it. I don't think I can get one in Italy, right? They don't they don't offer them. No, out of, out of but the I do on my watch. I just tap to pay everywhere, and it all goes in the yeah. Apple Card. It's like I'm not really paying anything. 
And then it comes out it's of my true. bank account, and I didn't even Wait, know. Is that how credit credit works? Yeah, it's free. Oh, okay. Sweet. Yeah, Basically, it's free. Have this sandwich. It's free. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Just tap your, your watch on here, and, and we'll give it to you. Chat GPT, how do credit cards work? Uh, <laughs> type that in, please. So, it just says, it's free, loser. Apparent loser. How many people got it just because it's a status symbol? I got it because it's the card is very metal. heavy. It's very nice. it's heavy. Yeah. It's nice, but I mean, like, are you going to use that over the card that gives you miles? I use it. I have a card that gives me miles and my Apple card. I use the Apple card whenever I um, am paying with my phone or yeah. watch, okay. which is a lot. Okay, and then I use my miles card for everything else. The Apple card gives you three percent on Apple purchases. That to me uh, is thousands of dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's, true. that's or, true. Or that could be hundreds of thousands of miles. Which you can't use except for blackout dates. Which oh, are you, can, you need a better carrier. Do you fly here on uh, miles? A Delta. Uh, yes. And on which? On Delta? Delta. Yeah. Uh, when I was flying before, I amassed something like 4 million miles. So I'm still working oh those God. off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have 150,000 mm-hmm. United miles I can't use to go anywhere I want. So it's like, thank you for nothing. The problem with Goldman Sachs is they, uh, they've they been really trying to become a consumer yes, bank. Yes. And that is an expensive proposition. And Apple, the Apple Card's not the only one that they're trying this with. They've actually lost $4 billion since 2020. Apple accounts for $1 billion. So they're yeah. trying to do this whole yeah. niche market where you get higher income customers. They have a buy now, pay later yeah. thing called Green Sky. By the way, didn't Apple announce BNPL and did they ever put out buy now, pay later? I think I've heard about it. They I, do have it for Apple products because I've used it whenever I purchased, I don't know, like a, a MacBook recently oh, okay. where it's just installments kind of baked into your Apple card, like zero APR. It was pretty easy. So nice. is that is that internal or did they go through Goldman Sachs? I think that's Goldman that. as well, I think. I don't okay. know. Maybe that's where Goldman's taking the hit. Could be. Yeah. Probably. Uh, there was an app. There was an app called Retropod, really? <laughs> which looked just like an iPod until Apple realized it looked just like an iPod and they oh, killed on. it. Yep. Wait, why? Because oh, it replicates functionality. It looks just like an iPod, which they don't even sell anymore. The app had been downloaded right. half a million times. Because of viral videos that and TikTok. Sounds, it's just fun. It's a fun little Approved app. Approved and released ah, in October. Get that. Neither Apple nor Retropod has said why the app is removed, but it did come right after it got a spike. We can start. Maybe Apple right will buy it. Maybe Apple yeah. will buy it. I, I think Apple is going to do an anniversary re release of the iPod, so they don't want anything getting in the way of those sales. Actually, that's the other uh, iPod story. Somebody has hacked the iPod Nano. <laughs> Like, who cares? To do what? Um, do anything you want. It's actually, I would recommend... Does it play Doom? You can play Doom. In fact, that was how it started. He wanted to put Linux and Doom. But what it's actually is a great article I recommend at Q3K.org because it's how you would go about cracking a device like this. It was very lockdown okay. firmware. Right. And... That, that actually is impressive. It's yeah, yeah. it's an impressive hack, but also it's a fascinating hack. This has a secure boot, boot ROM, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's they get signed and all of that stuff. They really locked it down. And so he's, this is a really wonderful article, I thought, on oh, reverse oh. engineering the boot ROM. He's actually looking at the code, not because it's open source, but I guess because he uh, uh, Ooh. decompiled it. 
disassembled it. I don't know where he got the symbol table. I guess he doesn't have it. And he was able, he's really great. It says things like, well, as you can see here, <laughs> there's a there's a bug in the USB. You I'll see this just, right here? I'll trust you. You see where it says USB device request G-State EP0DMA? Well, well, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I, I could see that across yeah, the room, Leo. They're not sanitizing their uh, inputs. inputs there. Uh, there. There it is. The bug's right there. Can you see it? That's right. If BM request type. And percent OX3 oh, oh, equals zero. Oh, the user yeah. controlled index no, populated from the lower byte of the Windex field of the setup packet is used as an index into the G State USB handlers without any boundary checks. What? I don't know about the human narration on that article. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Chat GPT will never be able to make that. <laughs> you know, don't count on it because now that it's written up, Chat GPT will absorb it eventually and. Now, you could probably ask it how to hack something. Now, Connie, at CES, did you happen to, to pass by the Hall of Failures? <gasps> no. That was fun. No. There's an actual Hall so of th Failures? They made like a bunch of cubicles, little cubicles with P uh, demonstrations of technologies that have failed over the years. So they had things like the Zune, and that hurt me because I love the Zune. Yeah, I loved it, but well, the Zune HD was actually yes, good. Yes, yes. Not the brown Zune. No. <laughs> that was like the, the shoes. The cho no, it's chocolate. It was chocolate. chocolate. Not not the crap zone. Good uh, news, you can swear on your YouTube videos, damn it. Did you know they were demonetizing videos with swearing? Not only just new videos, they were going back in time and looking for swearing. The profanity police only in English. Well, they didn't know French. Yeah. <laughs> you, have yeah. A, you have the brains of a baby calf. <laughs> I fought in your general direction. And you can get that away with that, right? Uh, YouTube uh, says, oops, uh, some videos were flagged. Others weren't. Um, we were demonetizing. Uh, you only learned after you were demonetized. So YouTube hasn't said what it plans to change. It's not clear if the revised policy oh, will, no. will turn it around. So just stop cursing. This could really, stop a really cussing. affect some of the videos that I've made for Pope Francis. I, I got to go back through that. And <laughs> the rule, just so you know, the rule limits. You got to just go back and just censor <laughs> all of his curse all words. Of that you out. know, oh, at least goodness. in the first fifteen seconds. Shut yeah. the front door. <laughs> exactly. The rule, the, the rule limits or removes ads on videos where someone swears within the first fifteen seconds. So you could swear in after that, or has quote focal usage. Or maybe I'm mispronouncing. This is like FBI rules for listening to a call of rude words throughout, and is guaranteed to completely demonetize a clip if swearing occurs in the first seven seconds or dominates the content. Okay, I I, I would love to know why they're doing this. Do people now? swear on the hot ones? Like when they eat the hot sauce, they go mother, oh, gosh, but they bleep them out. Mother fudger. Actually, so it's only the swears that make it through, right? If yeah, you yeah, self-censor, you bleep it. Yeah, okay, yeah. So. So I want to. I'm going to use all. Makes, this oh. is clearly why my YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. It didn't take off. So I was like, "Hey guys, welcome to it." And YouTube was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> Today we're going to use the word "get" in creative exactly. manners. Maybe uh, hit the that like, up. hit that bell, guys. Yeah. <laughs> not today. I I may be wrong, but I feel like almost all the YouTube videos are full of swearing. So yes, I don't, yes, I'm puzzled by that. Study says you just have to do a Latin preamble for the first fifteen go. seconds. I can I, I'll, mm -hmm. I can create a custom Latin voice. Do they use the swear words from the Good Place and the Vatican? Like you know, do they say you know, 
it, like the good place had all those great swear words that weren't swear words. I have never even been seriously tempted to swear in Rome. Which it would be weird because I swear all the time here, but over there, it just you just like weird. pass into the airspace and you're just, just like zen. It's I'm cleaned out. I'm just cleaned out. So it's like a yeah. swear. The enema. F word becomes fork. The yeah. S word becomes shirt. Biatch becomes bench. <laughs> your hiney becomes your ash. Your pecker becomes deck. And on and on and on. Okay, well, now I have new swear words. <laughs> yeah, you might try that. In the bad place, you can curse. Well, anymore. I mean, remember, Battlestar Galactica used frack back yes. in the, yeah, back in the 70s. And they got away with it. Frack and chew. Yeah. No, yeah. in fact, that was great. Yeah. And then uh, Firefly used um, uh, fake Chinese words. Yeah, like words. Goram. Yeah. And, yeah. I loved that. I thought that's really uh, a way of getting the, you know, the anger out, but not. Study says No. And I think, you know, it's funny because this is maybe not how my people, the left-wingers, would like me to interpret it. The Russian trolls did not, in fact, impact the 2016 election. And I thought that on the surface of it, even back then, mm. was a little absurd. Yeah, sure, they were there. But some people didn't read a tweet and then say, ah, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. So this study, which was uh, conducted, uh, it's published in Nature, long list of researchers, Looking at whether or not Russian trolls on social media had any impact in the 2016 election, no, they did not. Finally, they say we found no evidence of a meaningful relationship between exposure to the Russian foreign influence campaign, which no one denies existed, and changes in attitudes, polarization, or voting behavior. I, you know that. Just I mean, makes it sense. reminds me of like with the whole news cycle around Cambridge Analytica, where right. everybody at first was like, oh, this has completely changed the face of reality. But then you look into it a bit more, and it's like, actually, people looking at tweets, the tweets aren't the most impactful part of their day-to-day -day lives. Right. It is not fully changing someone's thoughts and feelings about something. Well, I mean, it's all been about self-reinforcement of what you already believe. And mm -hmm. that's that's actually what the, the trolls and the influence peddlers have done. They know they're not going to change anyone's mind. There's very few fence sitters who are going to be changing their vote based on a YouTube video or a tweet. However, what they can do is they can make any sort of useful discussion toxic, uh, which, mm -hmm. which that heads off a, a, a further discussion about important issues. So in that instance, it has made an effect. It, it just didn't change the outcome of the vote. It has changed the outcome of future votes. Because no one wants to talk about anything without becoming five levels of horrible. Yeah, I mean, I think that it really is amping up the polarization on both sides. And I'm sure that one aspect of that is that your people are perhaps going to end up being more actionable on certain items. Yes. You know, yeah. someone who might not have donated to a, like far right campaign. Correct. If you see enough content, they're going to maybe send that five or ten dollars. But that's so subtle; it's probably not measurable, right? Maybe that's why it's not—it's not, it's not easily measurable. Yeah, yeah. because no yeah, one's going to be opening up their books to show exactly how much they've received in donations after the last hate speech campaign. It can also, though, sway what are the topics of conversation and push them in subtle ways, one direction or another. The so, so the so-called Overton window gets shifted. Yeah, yeah, yes. 
That concludes this thrilling, gripping edition. We, we ran out of news. We ran out of time. Oh, it's oh, been oh almost my, three hours. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm so sorry. I apologize to all and sundry. Have you noticed that I tend to be on the longest twits? <laughs> you haven't even gotten to half this crap you brought. Wait, yeah. Can we see another doodad, please? Uh, doodad. Uh, What's do- the silliest one? Uh, oh, no. The, the silliest ones I did not bring because they are not safe to be on the air at twit. Um, the urine puck? No, no, but they do have to You didn't just bring do... a, a bottle of pee? You could have sold that <laughs> to someone outside the studio for a hundred bucks. I re- no, there, there was, okay, there was one from a company called Handy. Don't tell me that. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to know. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll just leave that. Uh, bye, Leo. <laughs> bye. Good night. It's comfortable though, right? It's nice. It's, it's, um, it's sheer. What is this uh, material? This Aerogel. Nice? What does it do? What is it? Uh, so it's it's 99% air. So it's super light, but it's also one of the best insulators that NASA has been able to come up with. It, it feels very toasty. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's very light and it's comfy. It, it, it a- will retain almost all of your body heat. In fact, I used this when it was down at like 30 degrees, and it was too hot. I had to open it up. Yeah. And- nice. Will this be uh, available in uh, your art, local REI? Oh, gosh, yes, eventually. But uh, well, right now, it's Big Lou. Actually, that and the bolster are Kickstarters right now. It smells like Mars. No, Wait, really. what? <laughs> so this is a Kickstarter, Big Lou? This is a Kickstarter. Oh, nice. It's kind of fun. You know, I, I like having those companies back at CES. I spent so much time down in the the uh, Eureka Plaza or Eureka Zone, yeah. down in the, the the bottom floor of Venetian. That's where you find like the I old CES. I want to go CES. to the failed product zone. Do they have that? Yes. That's so cool. Leo, next time you come with me. I will. One day, just the one Eureka, day. I've been to the Eureka Zone. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I just jumped out of an airplane. I'm having trouble getting the parachute back in the box. So I just push this out of, out of the Oh, now it's in front of Connie. Oh, no. What am I going to do? Um, Connie, what are you doing these days at CNET? Anything exciting coming up? Well, I told you we're looking at all that sustainability tech. I was actually really excited to see some of the, the themes and the conversations that people were having. And one of the funnest products that I saw was basically a bread box that can keep your food that is not in the refrigerator fresh for two months. <gasps> Caltech was the company uh, out of Japan. And, you know, no, most people think of a bread box as a bread box, but it was a, a way to minimize food waste. Was it like so UVC a, or how did it do that? It just it has a it has a, a photocatalysis, a chemical procedure that's using the decam- de- decontamination of water to keep bread and produce How fresh. interesting. That's cool. Yeah, because I don't like, I do, I will, if I have to freeze or put refrigerate bread, like but it always takes some yeah. of the good flavor. flavor out of it. But on the other hand, it'll go moldy, at least in our house, within a few days. So it's better than nothing. But if there were a box about the size of a, I don't know, bread box that I could, <laughs> I could put stuff into that wouldn't refrigerate it but would keep it, that sounds great. You also had a very nice piece by Ty Pendlebury on the most ridiculous and weird tech gadgets, like the Hush Me voice that, mask. I don't understand that one. <laughs> they tried They tried selling me on it. I'm like, no. There seem to be a lot of products to cover your oh, mouth. No. The Dyson uh, air purifying There were so we many those of those year. that are basically... Yeah. A year and a half too yeah. late. This, yeah. was, this was never a product, the Charmin Rollbot, but it got a lot of coverage because, and I've always said this, if you want coverage at CES... Be the very first thing people see as they walk into the Pepcom yep, or Showstoppers. All the press will stop, cover your item, and, and then go on. home because they just want to get the hell out of there. 
The smart tube. I love the, I love the TV that falls off a window when it runs out of power. That, that sounds like a great idea. That's a terrible really idea. Smart. Yeah, this, yeah. Totally look at this. Gonna get one of those. As soon as the power dies, the no, suction cups great. fail, and your TV falls off the window. Who thinks this is a good I, idea? No. The first thing you're going to do is make sure it's always plugged in. Right. So it doesn't so fall off the windows. Wireless. Anyway, all this great stuff at CNET. Another toothbrush? Man. Wow. How about a, a taser holster? My taser. Thank That's God. Great. So, you know, <laughs> I've like been a, wondering where should I put sure, my taser? Sure, like an animal. You're holding it in your hand or you just have it in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Here's the PP pet dryer. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, no. <laughs> Well, it goes with your... I was about to say, my cat would destroy me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we remember this. This was is the this, vibrating fork. Is that fork. the spork? The happy oh, fork. Okay. Another one Look, in the front door. Look, that got covered eight years ago. Yeah, it needs to stop. This is, this is 25 years of uh, of bad stuff. Hush That's me. That's what this yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. The belty. belty yeah. Smart pant holding uh -huh. device. Yeah, I remember that one. It adjusts, wow. It adjusts your granular changes in your that was That was good. That was, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's also serious coverage uh, at CNET. And I agree with you. Sustainability, it's about time the tech industry started thinking about that, Connie, because I feel horrible. We throw this stuff out. It's terrible. Terrible. Um, yeah. It's right on the front page. CNET Zero, everything you need to know about sustainability. Um, so this is this is going to be a permanent uh, section now on the... Uh, yes, it is a permanent section. We've been sending reporters to... Um, COP26, COP27, like I said, you know, there's going to be government regulation that steps in, but then people are going to want to make choices about what they're buying. And especially if they're not spending a lot of money on things and they want to be more deliberate Good. in what they're choosing, Bravo. they need information. Bravo. Actually, this this is another one of our big initiatives. Uh, we call it Care for the Common Home, but it's it's basically sustainability. So that's another reason why I might call you to do a conference over in right. <laughs> My, my phone is open. Standing by. <laughs> Connie Guglielmo, Editor-in-Chief of CNET at Tech Leads, L-E-D-E-S, on the Twitter. It's so nice to see you. So nice to have you on. Thank you for taking Thank this you. Sunday afternoon or evening to be with us. We appreciate it. Um, my pleasure. CNET.com, kids. Theinformation.com is where you'll find Paris Martineau. Uh, yeah. what's, your, what's your favorite coffee shop in Brooklyn? Oh, that's hard. Um, Do you have a hangout? Probably my. F I go to. I mean, in Brooklyn, I go to this place called the Good Batch. Often they do really great, Sounds like little great. sweet pastries. It feels like great that's coffee. just what you should do in Brooklyn. Just you it know, is, go yeah. Have coffee. I am strangely in a neighborhood where I am surrounded by like six different vegan bakery coffee shops. Um, so I've got to go to the one that uses uh, animal parts at the very least. <laughs> I don't know Just, you know, to make my uh, myself feel a little worse about my that's contributions to the world. Yeah. Hey, the good thing about animals, they're sustainable. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not really. I mean, okay. uh, that is technically no. true. That is technically true. Yeah, but, they uh, do yeah, sustain themselves. They're not good themselves. for the planet. Not good for the planet. Our use of them, not good. Paris um, Martineau on the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Find me there. If I were named Paris, I would be living in Paris right now. The thing is, you'd quickly learn that even if you speak excellent French, French people do not 
will never understand the concept that your name is Paris. And that you <laughs> That's Paris. cute. Yes. And no matter how great your French is, they'll immediately be like, switch to English. No, I asked you what your name is, not where we are. Oh, my God. I was there for like a year. I had to oh. go by my middle name, Gabrielle. Which yeah. is a beautiful name. It is, but I mean, not my first name. When you're in France, do you call yourself Paris? (laughs) I tried, but that didn't work either. I was confused. They just didn't get it. They were just confused. My name is Cleveland. The French are vicious. Yeah, they said, they're like, you clearly don't understand. They confused America. They go right in. Yeah. This is not my dog. (laughs) Mr. Father, Reverend, whatever it is, the right father. Padre, defender of the faith, <laughs> defender of the faith. Yes, yes. G- his new packets. app is on the uh, App Store right now. Yes. Android, uh, Google Play Store as well. G's Jesuit Pilgrimage app. Dot app. Yeah, and if you poke around, you can find the places where uh, I recorded the audio for the meditations, and uh, they did not take me out. I was supposed to be a placeholder, but I'm still in there. Did you do it with commitment? Did you care? Of course, I care. So uh, that's if fine. I'm going to produce it, I'm going yeah. to do it properly. So it's okay. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good. And coming soon to that app, uh, we're going to show off coffee places in Rome. Is that you? That said? would be awesome. Good places to eat. Good places. Yeah, Actually, can I- the Jesuits ice cream places. Ice cream places. Oh, gelato! Oh, no, I know all the <laughs> good gelato places. When you come, we're going to hang. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. There are three places you have oh. to go to. One is called Old Bridge. It's right next to the Vatican Museums. The other one is called Cremilla, which is near Casa Gandalfo. And the third one is called Teatro Gelato. That's like the artisanal gelato. That's the close to the uh, of gelato. forum. Yeah. I want to act I'm in there. that theater. I'm there. Just, yeah. I'm there. Let's all go. We'll do Twit from Rome next time. Yeah. Look, I've been telling people. Seriously. We have a place. We I have know. the We're bandwidth. We have an apartment on the campus. Come on over. Yeah. I have to I have to figure out a way we could spend a couple extra days there. That's, but that would be really Well, fun. I mean, I'd now like that do you that. don't have that weekend commitment. I know. That whole radio thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on that, by the way. Good. That's many, yes. many years. Wow. 19 years doing radio. I finally said... If you're not going to pay me, I'm not going to do this. And so uh, I'm doing it uh, with the Micah uh, on Sundays, and it was so much. It's been so much fun. We've done a couple of shows. It's it, and it's going to get better and because why, you're going to yeah you're finding yeah. your stride. Why shouldn't we be doing it for us instead of for them? It's the first time in my whole life since I was 16 that I haven't had a job. You know what? Working I, for something. I can be your call screener. You need a call. <laughs> I can screener. do that from Rome. Could you? Yeah. I will. Uh, I'll do some crank calls for you, Leo. <laughs> would you please? <laughs> That'd be I, awesome. I would love to moonlight with a, a person with a soundboard, just kind of make some toilet flushing noises, like a, <laughs> you a know big be great noise. If you I could, could do that. Yeah. Have like a black dot over your face and have a voice changer talk like this That's or whatever, right. and then we could <laughs> yeah, say, "She's uh, she's she or he is calling from inside the house or whatever." It'd be great. Yeah. We could do something fun with you. I think that'd be good. You're more than welcome. To I think. To do that, we'd love to. You could use my catacomb yeah. set. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful! I'll just be like, Blue Leo, are, are your bones running? <laughs> I, I, like, I, what? I what does this. that mean? What? what? Are your bones running? What? So bones? during during the pandemic, there was a wall, a retaining wall, in one of the caves that was starting to crumble, and I got permission to fix it. <laughs> so they got me the supplies so I could wall it back up. I Wait a minute. retaining wall Wait a minute. in the what? caves with the bones. Like Edgar Allan Poe, the Telltale Heart? <laughs> yes. A, a trowel? The and, cask of Amontillado? Which is exactly what I thought of. So I got a plastic skeleton and I put vestments oh! on it. Oh! And I walled it up. So a hundred years from now, some Jesuit's going to be going through that the, the now crumbling wall and they're going to find a skeleton. <laughs> 
And then they say, what is it they were eating? That the bones were like a plastic. Yes, what did you put it? Zune in its pocket? Oh, <laughs> see? see? You got you to open it back up. Or a Sony put Walkman. A something just really strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you all for being here. We love having you on. And thanks to all of our viewers and listeners, our Club Twit members. Uh, we really appreciate your watching the show. We do Twit Sunday afternoons, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2200 UTC. You can watch us do it live, live.twit.tv. Chat with us in the IRC or our Club Twit Discord. If you're not a member, 7 bucks a month gets you ad-free versions of all of our shows, access to the Discord, access to the Twit Plus feed. It's so much fun. Where's the um, where's the, where's the the logo, Ant? Ant Pruitt is our... Uh, is our uh, uh, clubhouse community organizer next week inside twit lisa and i will give you the inside story club members only win two dows fireside chat february 9th and yes i mentioned that interview we're going to do with the author of demon and freedom tm his new book uh critical mass comes out early february daniel suarez will do a special club only interview on february 10th seven bucks a month Supports us, supports the work we do. Twit.tv slash club. Twit, we thank you so much. We also appreciate if you take our survey. Uh, You only have a couple weeks left to do that. It helps us sell ads so we know a little more about you. We don't want to spy on you, so this is completely voluntary. And it's not personal. We don't keep track of your email or anything like that. But it helps us in aggregate say, well, we have this many men, this many women, college educated, all that stuff. What kind of laptops they use, what kind of operating system. Twit.tv slash survey. 23. It also helps us understand you better so we can develop more programming that's right up your alley. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next time. Another twit is in the can. Amazing.